course. Patrick Sigletic. I've been waiting such a long time Looking out for you, but you're not here What's another year? I've been waking such a long time Reaching out for you, but you aren't near What's another year? Someone who's getting used to being alone I've been praying such a long time It's the only way to hide the fear. Welcome to Taste of Eastside, episode 264, and it's me, Gary P. Of course, it's the prof. It's Carl Riley. Show Benicio. <laughs> Sponsors, prof. Ocean Electro, of course. Fantastic. Sponsors for life. Um, we'll be entering renegotiation soon, Prof. You're going to have to get in there with that beard. Beards intimidate people. So you're going to get in there and just sit there with your arms crossed, <laughs> with your beard all trimmed, and watch the money watch roll the in. Watch the price go up. Watch the money roll in. Um, yeah, so this week we have a month's worth of news to catch up on. Games, awards, signings, transfers. Finally bring you the final of Quifties. And uh, who took home the trophy, Prof? As it stands, Jack is winning on Instagram. I'll let you see what the poll was like today. It's coming up now. We are very, very busy on our Instagram with all sorts going on, Prof. We're getting all the thanks from Spotify as well, so let me scroll through that. Spotify as wrapped. it stands, yep. Jack, oh, we've had a bit of a landslide here. It's Gary O'Neill with 53%. So Jack is... Was, that was 53 a landslide. Well, it was, no, it was a landslide for Jack earlier on. It was a landslide for Jack earlier on, so a uh, big, big Gary O'Neill Supporters Club coming out in force there. Um, so we'll find out soon so uh, yeah we also have Paul Weaver in to talk about the Rovers partnership of Focus Ireland at Christmas to help the 12 days of Christmas voucher appeal now that's 12 days of Christmas girl, not 12 pubs of Christmas your, no. your element I never last <laughs> 7 or 8 and then it's like I'll go home um, our author series continue with Bartley Ramsey and Peter O'Toole they have a fanzine out about 1980s League of Ireland kids which is deadly this is a brilliant interview out of nowhere totally totally left field you're going to love it for all you uh, it's actually very relevant considering we have a kick coming out do we? I hadn't heard yep. um, Yeah. this is, a, this is a, as niche an interview as you're going to get mm. on this show um, but it's actually quite good Bartley's third appearance on the podcast so a uh, f- we're back four weeks hiatus, Prof. Mm, and a lot's happened. Yeah. Garrett, the city was on fire. And then the city got brand new buses with terrible names. And we got a new bus stop outside the four province. The buses actually served me very well. I can go walk within 30 seconds of my house and I can get buses everywhere. It's deadly. But a lot of other people are put yeah. out with it. So there's, there's swings and roundabouts here. Yeah, like there's certain areas where suddenly there's no service. The 18 is gone, Prof. But the, the S4 is basically, like, it's now an 18-17 hybrid of some sort. I don't think it goes through Ballier, that's the thing. I think it does. Either way. I think it's Ballier, and but also goes to Black Rock, which the 17 did. So you officially now have service to Liffey Valley from your doorstep, and Dundrum yep. from your doorstep. 
So there you go. I don't know how much use it is though when the 54A and the 9 is like just like 100 yards in the other direction. It's just there yeah. on Kimmage Road. But either way, I think it's an improvement, yeah. but it remains to be seen anyway. But Prof, M50, Captain's Road will be renamed the M50 soon enough. Yeah, I've not seen it yet, but uh, it will happen with these bus corridors because all that traffic on Norwich Kimmage Road. Where are they going to go? They're going to stand away and go down to Sun Drive. They're going to go through my road, which is a residential road. And it will now be an M50. So M50 in front. Yeah. Corporate monster behind you at the back taking all your sunlight. I'd say the value of my property has just been slashed by a third. Can they work off a barter system? Can you swap them for stuff? like? My God. Ah, So, Prof, rumours. Um, Four-week hiatus. The rumours behind the long break, eh, Prof? What have you been doing, eh, Prof? Have there been rumours? What's been going on? I've been getting texts. I've been all sorts going on. Who's been texting you? Enamoured. Is that a word I could use? Enamoured. Um, tell us, Prof. Come on. I thought you were going to use the word smitten. I really smitten did there. Smitten is yeah. a fantastic word, I could, I'd say, you could <laughs> use. Uh, love struck. Um, I, got, I actually only got one text by a Rawers fan. About this. Oh, I've and, gotten a few off. And, no, but it was Jim Conroy. And he goes, it's like, Carl, it's love in the air. Oh, I've gotten a few. <laughs> I've gotten a few off of people saying, Prof got a muck. Yeah, you're referring to Shannon, Garrett, but no, Shannon's not the reason for the, the month long hiatus. It is, Prof. You're already under the tongue. No, Look. Now, this began in, in July. I think I've balanced uh, the Rovers and, and everything pretty well in the four months. So, yeah, I don't think that's got, got to do with it. But I will say, Gar, the moment this started, Rovers scored one goal in seven games. And it, and it was a penalty. Get rid of her. Gar, I had to stay strong. <laughs> Can you imagine if I had told Maloney about this? It would have been over. Yeah, yeah, Jukes. Over. But, so, yeah. Props in Love, well... We don't know yet. It remains to be seen. And smitten is the word we use. Well, I will give Shannon another shout out actually because you know uh, you just did there a moment ago the boomerang on Instagram where you, you see the microphone and the books yep. as we record and then people say, oh, you are recording. She was the only one to spot it. New books ah, under the, the microphone. Yeah, no one else spotted it. But I'm hoping I, someone else does actually because we do, we do make an attempt. I will give a shout out actually to Ryan Kilban on Instagram. Because he said, big up to me for having a Stuart Lee book in the lair. So he spotted the Stuart Lee book under the microphone. He's been trending lately, actually, on X. Um, Marcus Poom interview, Prof. Um, got a few lukewarm texts about it. I think it's just he's kind of quiet guy, you know. Oh yes, but I, I find his content was good, but he's he's very quiet. You know, I find his background kind of really interesting, and he he's, he was uh, complimentary towards my questions actually because he said he had only done one with uh, uh, Estonian journalists shortly beforehand, and they would just ask the most bland questions like because they were, it was just it was during the international window I think, and they were like, so how are you feeling about the game? How are you feeling about this? Like how what footballer's handbook? Here we go. What? How good an answer are you going to get from a question like that? Regarding the last month or so, I'll be honest, I checked out a little bit because we were hard at it on this podcast from February. We even yeah. worked. We even went through the international breaks. So yeah, of course. When the I season mean, ends, spoiled I, man. 
when the season ends I just can't help myself I can't wait for the break <laughs> uh, now I did pop in the Basque in Bo's meltdown after the cup defeat oh, oh yes that uh, was the pinnacle of the banter years for Bo's it couldn't have gotten any worse <laughs> they didn't qualify for Europe Shells pipped them to Europe. Um, it's it's just unfortunate for them at the minute where the way they are sitting, on the where they ended up on the table, the way they lost the final. It was just a bad couple of weeks for them. It really was on the pitch, obviously. So, well, the fact that they had their meltdown so publicly for us to laugh at was incredible. I mean, they were putting up bits and posters for VHS, VHS man and all, but a, a lot hinged on that one result because. What were we saying throughout the whole last few weeks though? Put your house on Pats. I was nervous. Was oh, not one bit. I didn't even want to go to the final because no. I was convinced Never. they were going to win. But if they had won, it would have vindicated everything they had done off the pitch the last few years. A loss and it would fall apart. And so approved like some of the some of the stuff on social media and Facebook and Twitter and everything. Oh, it was just hilarious. And the fact that Shells got Europe ahead of them just made it even sweeter. And then you had Shells trolling them because remember when Shells beat them in the league and then over the PA, it was like, Shells can celebrate all they want, but we're bringing that fucking cup back next week. And then that was on repeat. Shells brought that up again. Um, so yeah, that's not even the end of the, the Bowes band. We'll have more on that later. Um, I will say, Garrett, yeah, the, we lasted a show. Um, there was a problem with the feed. Remember, remember this. It was only showing up on on SoundCloud. Yeah, we had and issues with Spotify. It drove me absolutely mad, and the fact that it was an easy fix. I get a bit of joy when this happens because I, it it drives you mental, and it's the small things that are out of your control that drive you mental, and it ref- yep. it might possibly reflect on you. That what drives you up the wall, and I get great joy over. I get great joy. I knew it was going to be simple. I can only imagine sitting there yeah. clacking away, trying to find out what the, what what the problem was. <laughs> well, I had to email SoundCloud because I wouldn't have known it until they pointed it out to me. It was just a simple thing. Why did it happen in the first place? I always wondered that. Like, why? Never ever happened before. They just said, "Oh yeah, yeah, go into your settings there and display your email address. If you don't, it won't show up on other feeds." How why ra- has it been working for so long? How up random until is that? Yeah. No, it's weird. But then, yeah, I remember, like we, the last game was on the Friday, and then the show had gone up, up on Thursday morning. Then we were in the Pines on Saturday, and it was like five or six o'clock in the Pines, and it was just, it was just a big yes out of me because it was on Spotify at last. Great timing. Yeah. Um, congrats to Rover Seas. Take a hold of Nico Crowley. I don't know Nico. I do see. Um, an individual with a big metal gold chain hanging off him in the suite every so often. I guess that's the mayor of Tala. Oh um, yeah, this he looks familiar. With the beard. With the beard. Um no, Nico I, does a lot of charity work in particularly helping the elderly, so congrats yeah. to uh, Nico for being Tala person of the year. Yeah, I to think Craig Mahon was robbed personally, but I think I don't think I've met Nico. He's our Tala manager. <laughs> yeah. But funny uh, thing was he sure put a message before. in and he was only sponsoring it. And we were all like, well done, Greg. <laughs> Brilliant. Congratulations. Yeah. Oh, just one last note on the SoundCloud thing, actually. The amount of people who said, Carol, I have to download the app. 
the SoundCloud app, it was like it was the biggest inconvenience in the world. I think it made people realise how spoiled they were because Spotify is just there. It's ready to play, shows up when you're on your feed, gives you a notification, you can pause it, whatever. SoundCloud, it, by comparison, it's very primitive. Uh, yeah, I stopped using SoundCloud a long time ago. I used to like it because old school and you wanted to stick to what you knew, but it's it, it never goes back onto the same spot where you were when you yeah. when you go back out. It is quite primitive. Um, two big congratulations here, Prof. Jules Mason and Brenda and little Emily Grace Mason, born the other day. So, well, congratulations. Hopefully, Mammy and Baby are all well. Another no. fantastic uh, addition to the hotbed, Prof. Named after the player of the year, is it? Yeah, I hope, hopefully so, yeah. And uh, Aaron and Dave Dunn. It's Dave Dunn. Aaron's not getting married. Aaron's still a bachelor. So Dave Dunn. I actually wrote Aaron slash Dave. You weren't sure. I was relying on you to inform me which was getting married. Yeah, Dave is. So uh, as you're listening to this, so congratulations, uh, Dave, on the big day. Um, Next, the big one, Prof. It's the big one. It's the show of the year. It's the live show at the Civic. It's in... Uh, the Tala Civic Theatre January 13th 8pm so this is the perfect stock and filler for all those hoops in your life mm-hmm. it is going to be a brilliant brilliant show in front of an actual real stage same one Jonesy was on for doing <clears throat> my summer with Bowie so first time ever girl. an actual stage you an actual I. stage yeah you'll have to sit there and you won't have a choice but to listen to us an actual theatre now some we 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 kind of started promoting this uh, on Thursday morning, so we put out on social media and everything. And if you go onto the Civic Theatre website, there's a little description of what the show will be. But even that's only scratching the surface because we've got a lot of plans for this. So we're gonna have two special guests from the '80s and the 2020s, four in a row. Uh, we won't reveal who they are just yet, um, but they're both characters. <laughs> I'll put it that way. Uh, Pico is obviously unavailable because I think his first AFCON game is either that night or the next day maybe so uh, it won't be Pico he's a busy schedule alright yeah but what I will say about this is it won't be recorded this will be one and done there won't be as far as we know another Tifty's live show there won't be oh I can listen to it on Spotify uh, so it's really a one and done situation um, we're going to have a lot of fun with this we're going to aim to put on a show. Yep. We're going to get interviews. Some of your favourite people from the Tifties universe, as we'd like to say. Yeah. Some people that maybe you've never seen in the flesh before. Hint, hint. So, basically, it's not going to be your usual... You've seen the likes of Cody's Call and LOA Central. They've done live podcasts where they have, like... And here's the guests. Stewie Byrne, Stephen Kenny, whoever it may be. And it's just an interview... That happens to take place in front of people. That's not how we're looking at this. We're looking at this as a show. This is theatre. This yes. is going to be theatrical. This There's potential for musicals. <laughs> um, we're still working on that. Yeah. It's going to try and get the logistics sorted. But don't forget mm. the live show. Check out the Civic Theatre Tala website. It's 25 quid for a ticket, 23 mm. concessions. You can get a meal deal as well. That's a great setup. It's absolutely brilliant. They have a little mm. restaurant, a great cafe. Uh, there's a bar. So, listen, come on down uh, and start the season with us. So, it's like a start of season special, you could say. We're going to have the crack. Mm. You know that part of January where nothing's happening? And you're just dying, after the new year. Dying for hours to come you're back. Dying for hours to come back. Shamrock Rumours is in full effect. This is a, We're going to scratch that itch. Because yeah. you think about it, by January 13th, Rovers might have played one or two friendlies max by then. I know yeah. they have two in one day. But, yeah, this is actually something that's been on my bucket list for 
years. Yeah, yeah. I you said, were, I your said eyes this, lit up when it came about. I said this to you a while ago, and suddenly it was happening. And we were meeting Donald from the Civic Theatre, and I was just like, this actually, like, yeah, number yeah. one on my book of this. Big shout out to Jonesy, our yeah. superstar, um, who has the flattest arse I've ever seen. <laughs> By the way, no spoilers, Gary. No spoilers. I'm only one episode in. Uh, it's brilliant. So big shout yeah. out to Jonesy for giving us a big dig out with uh, introducing us. And yeah, he did. So great um, stuff. Friends in high places, Gary. Yeah. Uh, so about 300 tickets are gonna go on sale. So we're gonna celebrate nearly seven years on the air. And yeah, if you like the show, if you've liked the show for seven years. You will like this this live podcast. You will you will have a great time. So definitely come along. It's only twenty five euro. It's a Saturday night, thirteenth of January. Uh, it'll be eighty minutes, so forty minutes either side of an interval. And during the interval, I'm arranging for some truly awful jazz music yes. to be played to really annoy us. So that's real obscure pretty, shit. That's pretty much it. Yeah, <laughs> acid jazz. Yeah, so that is it for the Civic Theatre. Make sure you check it out and get your tickets for the Chris Grindles and the Christmas presents and all that stuff. So, Prof, the season 4-2. We finished it with a Sligo win. And trophy celebrations. And uh, we won't do a full report. It's been so long now. Um, goals from Bork. Two from Watts. Lovely uh, potential goal of the season contender, but it didn't make it in. And a little dink from Greener, I believe. Yes, I'm glad we agree on the dink now. We normally have a big debate about what, what to call these goals. Lovely goal. And Finner subbed in the second minute for a stand ovation. I'm guessing he was banjoed because he was he had a, he had a bad knock before that in the other game, didn't he? Yeah. My first thought was, why not the eighth minute? I think he was injured. Genuinely, he couldn't run. Yeah, so they so put him on, took him off. Play. Great reception from. Must be the fastest substitution in our history. Oh, yeah, there was a couple of I was looking into that, actually. Mm. Um, trophy yeah. presentation of the pitch, Prof. It was very, very well observed by the odd uh, schooligan running around, mm. getting chases. But I think this is the way it should be going forward because I think pitch invasions obviously ruin things for everybody. So it was a nice celebration. It was done, it was done right. Richmond Park, I think, is where it happens. I think it's more spontaneous when you win it on the night. Yeah. It's not the same. You know what I mean? Well, here's a question that just popped into my head. Which goal did you enjoy more at Richmond Park? Greeners or Berkey's? Um, Probably Berkey's because I knew it was done. Yeah, that meant the title was done. Done, because we were still on knife edge. Mm. After after Greeners, which is a fantastic goal, but I think the the comedic element of Borkies was brilliant as well because at one stage he takes it round them and you're just like, oh, everybody's just like, it's happening, it's yeah, happening. Yeah. It's not a strike or it goes in straight away. Yeah. There's a prolonged couple of seconds. And from our angle, it looked like he took it too far. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Um, he was never missing. Yeah, no, I did have a few notes on the goals. Um, like Greener, I had mentioned this in the previous show that he could have bookended the four in a row with the first and the last goal. And he scored here to make it 3-1. So he very nearly scored the last goal of the four in a row. And then Watsy scored again. And then Sligo pulled on back. But uh, yeah, Sligo took took the lead in the eighth minute. Pico may have been parting too hard all week. Or, uh, with that mistake, giving the ball away. And then Berkey equalised just before half time. A few minutes earlier, he had a shocking miss. So the goal at his mercy. So that made up for it. And then he had short into the second half. Didn't watch with a beauty of a free Lovely kick. Lovely free. Last yeah. I can't remember the last time he scored one like that. I looked this up. Um, it was himself in Derry in February 2022. Yeah, I'm no right to left one, you know, where you curl it in. Like. Mm. Yeah, just the height on it. It's and perfect. right into the corner. And that was his first goal of the season, would you believe? 
Fuck. I think that was a quiz question, wasn't it? There you go. Yeah. First goal of the season, and it's a cracker for free kick. Uh, the three second half goals were all from subs. Friuja was brilliant, second half. He played in greener for his goal for the dink. And uh, I think he set up the last goal as well. Um, yeah, yeah, the fourth goal was a great move involving Friuja. Uh, you had Kenny sort of hesitated, blocked, then watched in the rebound. Sligo with the consolation goal. Um, yeah, the trophy presentation, Gar. Um, yeah, great stuff. Like, yeah, I suppose it was happiness tinged with the the sadness of the two the two legends leaving. Um, all that was in the air, wasn't it? Yeah, it was hard to believe, really. Hard to believe when you what you were witnessing in front of you it was surreal stuff. You're never ever going to see them play for overs again. So, mm. like you said, an emotional night with Alamanis and our captain Ronan Finn. So he's going to UCD to finish his career and his studies. And Big Al is going to go up with the IFA doing goalkeeping coaching. Mm. So, uh, fond farewell to the lads. There was a brilliant farewell video for him. Did you see that? It was only like maybe ninety seconds long, but it was just the two of them. And then at the end, it just showed them standing far apart on the pitch. But they're the only people on the pitch clapping the fans. Yeah. It was actually a beautiful Once shot. Once again, Philly Maguire yeah. on the decks there, Prof. One of those. I'm not crying, you're crying. Yeah, yeah. Um, hard to know even what to say about those two anymore. Um, they will They will be mentioned the same breath as Paddy Cole, Ronnie Nolan, Pat Byrne, Gary Twig, etc. Just, just great leaders and winners. Um, Graham had done their interviews pre-match uh, in the dark, Gare, very very dark. I suppose it was Halloween week, so he was going for the super spooky wookie. Super spooky. Yeah, um, I did a couple of interviews during the trophy presentation, which was quite odd for me. Never done that before. I felt like I was working for Sky Sports, chasing yeah. players around the pitch. So, so tell me about the <laughs> yeah. champagne getting poured I, over you. <laughs> yeah. is this the best experience of your life <laughs> I have never had to speak so loudly during an interview my god I got peak on Gary O'Neill um, yeah so you had all the songs there all the songs it's happened again Stephen Bradley has happened again uh, which resulted in people bringing up the vo- the Bowles video from 2018 remember they were getting abused in the corner yeah. him McPhail <clears throat> like what are you going to do man McPhail I just <laughs> remember that my god how Perfectly has all this worked out. Um, other notes on the day, Gar. We had uh, our, our last golden goal of the season. Um, we had an entry by Hooper the Dog. Yeah, Hooper the Dog. So, and I don't, I don't even need to tell you who 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 it was who entered Hooper the Dog. Um, but has that anything to do with Greenblood? <laughs> no, no. It actually, his dog's name. His dog's Hamer. name is Chandler. Actually, yeah. It was exactly four years to the day of the FEI Cup win. So that was a kind of nice coincidence. Um, I got off at the bus stop of the square coming into the game I walk towards the stadium and then I hear and see get your plaques lads your four in a row plaques and I was just like we've made it well unofficial merch outside you know you've made it four in a row plaques I got one anyway I know that <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah we had a bit of four in a row merch uh, from the club some decent some not so like the grey yeah, the grey yeah so I described as Umbro with a load of school PE shirts to flog uh, not, not the best not the grey one didn't like the grey one uh, Brazzers program notes were tasty but probably went under the radar because of 
the big splash in the end of the next day with all the behind the scenes stuff. Uh, this club was on fire, etc., etc. I'm sure everyone's read it. I mentioned Greenblood Gear. Before the game, he asked me to ask you about the voicemail his missus sent you. What's this about? He's still trying to cover this one up. <laughs> they they were rigging the votes in the player of the year. So he held, had her at some sort of gunpoint or whatever it was. And he was just like, what's that? Oh, that meme that was going around with Smithers putting the gun. That was you getting Brazzer to yeah. plug the Tiffy's Awards. Yeah. Oh, and he's like, what was it? Say the, say the line. Whatever it is. That's a bit like something like yeah. that. But uh, no, he, he was rigging the votes anyway and he was mm-hmm. trying to prove prove his innocence. But, oh, yeah. no. I, I love chatting to Greenblood. He was he was reminiscing about... Did you see him at the Play of the Year Awards? Uh, I think I did talk... A bit of razzle-dazzle. The green sequence. Oh, yes, yes, yes. He was, he was reminiscing about Martin Stadium at one stage and he just pointed out there's actually more fans in the Maldron than there were in Morton and I really like that line <laughs> more in Maldron than Morton more in the Maldron than the Morton um, yeah my last two hoop scenes articles Gary did you read this so Paul O'Connell um, Ashbourne Hoop gave us our first taste in away bus buses prof um, a great fella and yeah, you couldn't have too, yeah. the contrast between these two articles as regards to living situations and conditions couldn't be any different like he's minus 20 hard and feels there's a 35 plus Perth and Rovaniemi you know? that was intentional yeah the the sun and the, the bitter cold in Rovaniemi Finland Um, yeah like you said uh, we started our first away bus I, as far as I know was Dundalk away July 2012 under Kenny I always remember one to, I think it was I think it was Donegal Donegal yeah yeah I'm nearly sure it was and well Finn Harps weren't in the Premier Division I, all those years I can't years. remember what it was or it could have been yeah. Dirty maybe someone accosted us and gave us an oh, old yeah, lecture yeah. you know what I'm talking about yeah and we, we two were just like oh, do we have to get this bus again <laughs> Well, we'll say we we started proper. We've been to plenty of away games before then, but like uh, first sort of proper supporters away. But so was, that was Paul and Dan. So I kind of reminisced about that, and I remember him. You introduced me to him and all that. So I spoke about him following the hoops from over there in uh, in Finland, and uh, I I just found it fascinating. But yeah. Obviously, yep. overseas fans. So that's overseas fans and <coughs> fans celebrating in different places after the game. Um, it was, I think, all the cele- the real kind of celebrations were. Well, the the Abo was everybody was in the Abo. There's people in the Maldron. I think the big celebrations mm. were like after P- Richmond, wasn't it? That was the real spontaneous ones. Mm. Where this was just like, ah, we've done it now. You just kind of sit back and reflect after the yeah. Sligo game. But yeah, we're in the Maldron. Um, couple of things I would note about this uh, number one Pat Byrne can boogie yes he can that man can boogie and he has a bit of culture <laughs> very culture likes to drop a red Malbec yeah uh, the Guinness in the margarine is so disgusting that <laughs> I converted to beer That's that night Garrett when do you ever see me oh, I know. drinking pints of beer <sighs> so bad isn't it rotten I must get Jim Conroy's rant about this Guinness on air because he he says it best and the service as well just annoys me. It's just <laughs> so well, That's what happens when you have 800 people in, in, yeah, a, but in one pour, floor. Yeah, they're pouring one at a time. And they, don't, they don't see anybody. Prof, have you done bar work? 
Yeah, I haven't done bar work, but I went to the Pines the next day. They serve everybody quickly. They pour two at once. They're proper it's experienced barmen, though. They're you brilliant. saw them, didn't you? Yeah. All four or five proper, about 200 years experience like between them. These are all kind of kids. You know what I mean? Mm. Plus, it is tough. Mm. See me struggle at the, <laughs> the South Stand Collective <laughs> night. And gave up after yeah. an hour. So, yeah, I was um, ordering a couple of beers at one stage, right? And I just happened to be standing beside Big Al. And Big Al is getting two beers, maybe one for himself, maybe one for the another family member. I don't know who they were for, but uh, I just just dawned on me. I'm like, oh my god, never gonna see him again. This man is not a footballer right now. Hmm. I have casual Alamanis right beside me. He retired an hour ago. Yeah, I could ask him anything. Civi- civilian Alamanis. Yeah, and it doesn't matter what he says. No media worries. Nothing. Holding beers in his hand, talking to the counter. And I asked him about him giving Leon's blessing, and I was so excited. And he goes, "Oh yeah, no, just has to keep the head down, and uh, you know, and he can he can do it very well." And then I'm like, "No, I'm not interview Carl anymore." He speak to me. I'm not interview <laughs> Carl anymore. I can't believe it. you're free, Al. Just be normal. <laughs> um, yeah, the points the next night, girl. Yeah, the points. Obviously, great great pub. Um, follow the night trophy in the squad. Sing songs. Um, I think it's a case of you just got to be there. There's not much you can say about it because it was just such a good night singing, dancing, players taking turns. Give us a song, Kiko. Yeah. Give us a song. Everybody gave. I think everybody gave a song by Al. I think Al was just like, no. At one stage, Brazzer was leading the rendition of Oh Bradley Said We're Gonna Win Four in a Row. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm going to say, Garrett, this is up there with one of my all time nights following Robbers. magic. This was brilliant. Absolutely jammed to the rafters. I have like two pages of notes just purely on this night. (laughs) So, yeah, buckle in. Absolutely. Um, Some nice stuff, first of all. I got staff saying to Pigo, he admits he might have been well on this stage, but uh, it's it's true. Saying saying to Pigo, no, 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 no. You don't realise what you've done. You've given me the best days of my life. So That's that's actually... Brilliant when you think about it because we're this is gonna live with us forever. It's gonna be in us, and our generation are, is gonna see this as the best time following Rovers, unless mm. it gets better. So they they need this bit of humble pie. If, is that the word? No, I don't think it's that's the expression. But they need this. They can make up. They need now. to be grabbed and told. <laughs> yeah, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, as Ray Wilson put it, this is the time to stop and smell the roses. Mm. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And just staying with the Stafford family, uh, his dad Benji said to Kieran, because Ben, because Ben had seen the foreigner in the eighties, and he said to his son, he said, "Now this is your place in history." Yeah. So I thought that nice was, moment. Thought there. that was cool as well. Again, talking to Al a little bit because I was telling him about Alan O'Neill, how when he retired and hung up the gloves, he gave his gloves to Big Deck. Which I thought was an amazing touch. Now, is there a big character? Is there a fan who's had a friendship with Al like that? Ooh. Maybe not. But I kind of I was just kind of saying to him, "What do you think about that? Like, have you thought about what you would do with the gloves?" But what was the pair you had at the? They were just a signed pair, which yeah. went missing, and then we found them again, which everything went missing that night. <laughs> but now they were won by um, filmmaker Ali McKenzie. He said he had uh, a training pair and he had his own pair which he said were too battered and broken. They're the ones you want. I know. That's what I said to him. Um, 
Yeah, I was having a look around the room there and I had random thoughts such as uh, Dara O'Reilly, tallest Rovers fan. No one's, no one's touching him. <laughs> no one's touching him. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, we had uh, Dirty Fingers. For those of you who haven't heard me say this before. I didn't see him. That is his... That, oh, I did. He was in the corner with the points. That's his nickname. Yeah. That is his nickname, Dirty Fingers. Because um, I said to him, you know the way I sit in front of him and Tommy Tarmy. Yeah. In the main stand, I said to him, "Like, were you, were you at the game? Because I don't normally I hear you yelling all the time." Same, and same uh, the and he was like, "It was like ah, it was a bit of a you know, it was sort of a friendly game and the season fair." So I was like, "You must have thought the ref had a good game, did you?" I was like, "No, I actually thought he was shocking." I'm <laughs> <laughs> meaning this game at the end of the season, ref still shocking. Uh, wouldn't be an end of season dogger in Terenure without. David Murphy from Cork. Always there. Every, had a good chat with him. Every time. Turned up and he gave me yeah. the rundown of his night and what he had to eat and that chicken morgue. <laughs> and, um, he's a great fella. He's mad. He's off his head. Did you see his photo on Robert's chat? Where he had the 21 Tala bus parked outside Turner's Cross. No, no, no. The day we no. played them. No, I didn't see that. Yeah. Uh, I think he took the wrong route in Cork. Eh? <laughs> 21 Tala bus. Uh, he's a great fella. Um, at the time, Cork hadn't played Cove or... Well, that didn't happen. Cork hadn't played the relegation playoff. Culver still in with a show at that point. So we were saying to him, what about Culver relegating him? And uh, he was having none of it. He goes, Vermin! Garrison Town bastards! That's what he said to me. I meant to say it to you. He, he said they have that garrison mentality. And I was like, what? He went deep into it. He was explaining how they took the Queen's soup, or I think it was, or whatever. And I was just like, oh... He thinks Cal- he thinks Cobb is vermin. Okay. Uh, Rory Gaffney still feels he was stitched up in the quiz. Um, remember that contentious one where Jack Byrne beat him at the end because Jack was able to. He, he's just about named him Shalanoglu. Hard to pronounce name. But Rory is claiming that Rory said Turkish fella, and then Jack repeated it. But that's not what happened though. Jack, no, he said he Jack, said some sort of pronunciation of a. No, Jack said Turkish fella, and he. Sort of said Shell Nogley, whereas does, does Rory, he know audio, like? Rory didn't offer any anything. Yeah, so I'm disputing that. He's ta- he admitted he's taking the piss with me, but uh, we were talking about it for a while though. A serious <laughs> man. Green, Greener was getting involved, and he was like, he was mediator and all. Um, serious man, Rory Gaffney. Had Kenny B there? He bemoaned the fact that there was no lock in in the Abo. Uh, he said they did have a good sing song after the game, and then as deadpan as you like, he just casually goes. And then the Albanians threw us out. <laughs> the bouncers, I'm getting. <laughs> just, it was, it's just the way he said it. Like I was in bits. Uh, we reminisced about the first live show in Johnny Bill's bar because his mate Anto. <sighs> See it in the Lancer Senior Cup trophy. Uh, I still, I, I maintain it's our best moment ever. I, I don't, I don't think I could contain myself during that story. It was, <laughs> it's the way he told it as well. Yeah. Then, then Bundy randomly walked by me and he told us. Uh, German bomb shelter, an urban dictionary. Look it up, folks. Don't. I urge you not to look that no, up. No, I got um, So that was Bundy's contribution to the night. Uh, I liked Mark Keaton's conversation starter. He just comes up and he goes, How's the beard coming along? <laughs> and I like that. And didn't ask me how I was around him. Like, just, it's different, you know? Just, How's the beard coming along? And then the next thing I know, I'm having in depth beard conversations with four in a row Pat Byrne. Ah, so he 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 has a tash. So he, he is a tash, yeah. So you you have something in common there. But like, what a club! 
Beard conversations with Pat Byrne. Um, what else we got? Yeah, I mentioned Brads are singing. The, the, the Brads are singing that song. Like he was leading it. That went on for a good 10 minutes. Mm. That was... It was pure joy. That was brilliant. It? And we had Greener won the league and in Shakar that was being sung. I know I kind of gave out about that last time. Singing about winning in Shakar, but you, you get caught up in the moment, don't you? Um, and yeah, I was having the chat. I think it was Paul Dwyer, how this is priceless. Like these players are accessible they're right there you can touch them you can talk to them like I think it might have been him no like, players were touched during, yeah, during, yeah. This, during I, the I don't know if it was Paul or someone else was saying to me said oh yeah I was on to a fan of another club not necessarily England maybe it was another club on the continent and he was describing what we were ha- having here in the points and he was like wait what you're with the players yeah they're like wow <laughs> They're not guarded off by this is, To me, this is football. This is football. Nice like that in the points. I absolutely love it. I'm against modern football, Gar. As the Ultra shirt said. Against modern football. Yep. Uh, there was also... Like I said, I had a few quiz... Quiz debates with the players. At one stage, I was saying that... Uh, remember, Kenny versus Watts was really poor standard... And you know the thing, like you're talking about somebody to do the quick look over the shoulder, make sure they're not there. So I had to make sure that Johnny Kenny wasn't there. So then I was just like, yeah, oh yeah, Kenny and Watts was atrocious. And suddenly Dylan Watts just appears. And I'm like, <laughs> I was like, I'm just slating Dylan Watts and he's right behind me. And my yeah. final note, uh, this is an interesting one. Shout out to Craig Morrissey. Now, this is, I love these ones where I'm just randomly sitting beside him in the points. And he starts telling me his story, and he's like, he's, he was going to games in the 70s and 80s, but he fell out of it, and he only got back into it in the last couple of years. So, what was the first bus he picked? The Wack Express. He goes in the Wack Express, and the lads recognise him. Like, the likes of McCarthy said, you used to go in the 70s and 80s, didn't you? So they, they, they don't still, miss much, do they? They still recognise him after all these years. He might have been part of that, yeah. what, 63 or something that were at that home game <laughs> yeah, John Moore, yeah. was that? Yeah. So then, like, he joins the Wacky Express, he joins the WhatsApp group, and then, because we always drop our Spotify link in the in the the Wacky Express WhatsApp group, so he sees that, and he says, oh, what's this? Give this a bash. So he clicks on it, listens to it, absolutely loves the podcast, and now he's been listening all the way back to episode 161. Oh, we always get one, don't we? Who gives it a go? Yeah. Excellent, keep it up, Craig. Big shout out to Craig Morrissey. Um, Prof, it's what you've all been waiting for. <clears throat> and I don't think it could have went any more chaotic. It's dramatic, this one. It's dramatic, so it's the quiz. The final of the Quifties one, we've got Gary O'Neill and we've got Jack, right? So, the poll was 53% in favour of Gary and Jack. was run away with it earlier on in the day, but the Gary O'Neill... Tralee fan base would have got a sniff of it and they came out in force and we're going to find out who takes home the Quifty's trophy here so Harry Moore did this live and in person and they went out to Donna Bay to Jack's house so here we go Welcome to questions from the East End and it's the much anticipated final being recorded in Donabate. I'm Harry Moore your quiz master and the two men competing for the trophy today and the title of smartest player in the squad is Gary O'Neill and Jack Byrne how are you doing, lads? All good. All good. All Harry. good. All Nervous. Good. Thanks to Jack for having us. Nervous. <laughs> yeah, thanks to Minnie and Jack, of course. Um, no I have a few questions for you uh, before we get into it. Gary, did you in- 
enjoyed the title celebrations on Friday the last week ah oh, yeah it was brilliant uh, it was a uh, heavy enough few days with the lads like it's uh, one of them ones you're nearly happy it's over now so you can relax for a while but uh, we had a good time to be fair it's something white, <laughs> exactly <laughs> something you never get sick of doing you know obviously doing it the last four years it's never get sick of doing it but looking forward to a break now um, Jack, unfortunately you had to uh, do the title party on crutches, but how incredible of an achievement was four in a row? That was brilliant, it was great, great to be involved in it. See, not, not only for the players, it's more it's more for, and I think most of the players will agree, it's more for the staff and the and the likes of, you know, the John Craigans, Ray Seniors, Matt, all these people. You're actually sometimes nearly more happy from them than, you, than for yourself, you know. But uh, we had a bit of crack, we had a, a good celebration and... Uh, yeah, it was good, brilliant. Um, you have three of those four medals. You spent one season in Cyprus, but you could add the questions from the East End Trophy to your collection as well. Are you confident? And the two player of the years. Yeah, it'd be a big, it'd be a big honour, it'd be a big win for me this one now. Not like beating Simon Power or Brody Gaffney, you know what I mean? This is a proper win. Um. This is the first quiz final in four years since Pico Lopez defeated Joey O'Brien at Roadstone at the end of the 2019 season. Previous winners are Luke Byrne, Dave McAllister and Pico. Gary, you said you're going to do the double this year, but Jack has home advantage here. Still confident? No, to be honest with Gary, I'm not. That. I'm not. I've, uh, anyone I spoke to has told me how good Jack is and how, how much of a challenge it's going to be, so... To be honest with you, Harry, to be honest with you, Paul, I'm not confident at all. You're entering the lines then here now. Um, So we have a total of 20 questions here, and since it's the final and a special occasion, we're going to do tins a bit differently today. We're going to go through all 20 of them, and whoever has the most correct answers in the end um, will win the prestigious trophy. There are 20 pieces of paper laid out in front of the lads here. Each one has a different topic written on the front. Seven of them are football and 13 are general knowledge. You don't have to rotate between the two. You can pick all the football at the start if you wish. So you are masters of your own fate in a way because you can go for the areas you think you're strongest in and try to avoid your uh, weaker subjects. Please pick up your topic and then discard the sheet of paper so we only see the ones remaining. As usual, steals are still allowed. You have 20 seconds to give us your answer and the prof is here to keep time and keep score. Okay, so you can just look straight ahead. Now, is the prof still hung over? Is he already <laughs> <laughs> looking a bit worse? I wear here. <laughs> um, so you don't have to look at me in case you might Sorry. get a little peek of the answers. No, you're okay. Yeah. All right. So I have a um, a quiz question. Here's a question here for you. So first of all, this is just a question to determine who gets to go first. It's not a tiebreaker. If it ends in a draw, there will be sudden death. Okay, so I'll ask the lads here to write down a number and then show us their answer. Okay, so the question is, how many squad members were there for all of the four in a row from 2020 to 2023? Jesus. How many squad members? Gary was straight in there. I don't know. Straight in there he was. What do you mean? Like, who, who were in the, who don't know four? Yeah. Yeah. Did the same answer? Did you both say twelve? Yep, that is the correct answer. So in this case, um, what do we do? Good start, man. <laughs> <laughs> so the backup question is: in the <coughs> in the nineteen eighties, four in a row. How many of them did all four league wins? Yeah. 
Have a look, Gary. Okay, no problem. Six for Gary, three for Jack. Yeah, the answer is eight. Eight. So, Gary's winner. Very good, very good. All right. Wouldn't have got that. No. That's just one I didn't know. Okay, so fair play, Gary. So, here we go. So, Gary, you're going to pick your first topic as you... Yeah. Got so the next question, right? We don't need to see a paper for now. We don't need to see a paper, yeah. We don't need it now. Right. Go strategically this one, couldn't we? Should we get something? Ah, oh, God. I'm going to go with food. Food? Like All food. right. Yeah, like this. <laughs> okay. So does he get one and then I get one? Or is it steals? There are steals. Okay. Right, Gary. So f- f- sorry, f- food is gone for Jack now. Yeah. Yeah. Unless he steals this. Yeah. Right. All right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Gary. The first question of this question is from the East End final. What is the main ingredient of a souffle? Souffle. Souffle. Oh, God, excuse me. <laughs> Main ingredient. The main ingredient of a souffle. I honestly have never heard of it before, and that's the God's honest truth. A souffle, I'm going to say the main ingredient is egg. That is correct. Uh, Gary, well done. I promise you, on any jacket, I've never heard of that before. I would never go back. Okay. Well done, Gary, okay. So, uh, Jack, it's over to you now. You get to pick your topic. So we have 12 more. How many well, general knowledge? Like that. doesn't really matter. Let's just Dublin. Dublin. <laughs> All right. Dublin. Okay, you've gone with Dublin. Nothing out of the south place. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jack, what ruined building was originally called Mount Pelier? So you're on the clock. Couldn't tell you. Honestly, couldn't tell you. No idea at all? No idea. Okay. Gary, we're going to go over to you now. Can you repeat the question again, Harry, please? Um, what ruined building was originally called Mount Pelier? Ruined building? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I've never heard of it before. Never ever heard of it before. I haven't a clue. Okay, the answer is the Hellfire Club. Okay. Um, Gary, your turn now to pick a topic. Well done, Gary. You got sneaky Keep the team in the week. Keep it emotional. Goalkeepers. Goalkeepers. All right then. All right. Right, Gary. Which of these players hold the record for most goals scored by a goalkeeper? Rogerio Senni, George Campos, Rene Higuita, or Jose Luis Chilaver? A. First one. Uh, Rogerio Senni? Yeah. And that is correct, Gary. Well done. He has got 131 goals. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, man, for Colombia. Higuita is a Colombian, yeah. Yeah. Brazilian. 
Yeah. Okay, well done there, Gary. Two nil up. It's not a bad start. Um, okay, Jack, you get to pick your topic now. Do you know what? I'm gonna go. Uh, we'll go. Yes, I got Premier League. Like I we have the Premier League here on the telly. <laughs> it doesn't involve any of Spurs or Chelsea though, Jack. Which of these teams have never played in the Premier League? Barnsley, Bristol City, Oldham Athletic, Swindon Town. Is it just one time or? Yeah. Wow. They have never played in the Premier League. Barnsley. That is incorrect, Jack. Okay, over ah. to you, Gary. So your options are Barnsley, Bristol City, Oldham Athletic, Swindon Town, but we know Barnsley is not the Jack player for Oldham, so I think I'm going to rule that one out because I think you would have known that. Mm. So, what is it, Swindon? I'm going to say Bristol City. That's correct, Gary. It's true. I knew it was Bristol. No, actually, I didn't know. It's too old, that one. Uh, 3 nil, Gary, isn't it? This is your turn now. You can make a 4 nil here if you get this one. Nursery rhymes? No, I'll go with that one. Fancy myself in a bit of geography, Harry. To be honest with you, that's my favourite subject in school. But here we go. All right. That's definitely not going to be covered. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Gary, in what country would you find the Taj Mahal? Oh my god, I know this. The Taj Mahal. The Taj Mahal. I know this. I'm going to say, Harry, I do, I should know it. Like, I think I'm going to get around those. Israel. I'm sorry, that's incorrect, Gary. Over to you, Jack. The Taj Mahal is India. That is correct, is Jack. It? You've got one back. Well done. The okay. Taj Mahal. <laughs> I thought it was. Oh yeah, Israel or Egypt in my head. So. <laughs> well done, Jack. This is your turn now to pick a topic. No, I mean, anyone who's picking isn't winning. What will just bring it back to Jack? Three, two, no. get this. Yeah. Yeah, nobody's winning here. Swings are all Like, I might just pick something that. I don't want. <laughs> Still have a few football left. Yeah, but when you're bringing out questions like that, that's <laughs> <laughs> What the German football? What would you ever know about German football? World oh, sorry. World, World Cup. Cup. Okay. Yeah, All right chance. then, here we go, Jack. Chance, chance to make it three-two here. Who is the youngest player ever to score in a World Cup tournament? <laughs> so you're on the clock, twenty seconds. I think it might be English guy, but that's what I mean. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's the honest. I think it might be Michael Allen. I'm sorry, Jack. That's no. incorrect. Over to you, Gary. That's a word in my head as well, Harry. Honestly. I'll be honest with you. I either had Michael Allen or Wayne Rooney in my head. 
already had Robinho and we had but I think I'm gonna go with Wayne Rooney I'm sorry that's also incorrect the correct answer is Pele he was 17 in 1958 <laughs> 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 it wasn't even around then <laughs> <laughs> uh, what we got Jack you like films don't you yeah you're a good film man Stay right now. <laughs> yeah, I think Gary might be considering he doesn't watch movies. I don't watch movies, that's yeah, what I'm saying. We stacked against that. Oh my god, see you on this Yeah. I'm gonna go for oh, I can't go with space, like I don't know that about it. <laughs> I'm gonna try and get this one away from hopefully I can pull one up the bag. Would you mind telling us what it is there? Number eleven film. Film? Yeah, Alright then. Hopefully I can pull one up the bag. Alright then, Gary. What is <laughs> What is Val Kilmer's nickname in Top Gun? Never seen it. I never seen it. Jack is over that. No, exactly. I never seen it. Never seen the first one. Never seen the new one. Shit. All I know is they say Maverick. So I'm going to Maverick. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. Over to you, Jack. Goose. That is incorrect. It's Fuck. Iceman. Who <laughs> 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 is Val Kilmer? Which one is he? It's obviously Iceman in the Blade film. <laughs> um, oh. This is for you now, Jack. You can pick your topic here. There's no one wanting this. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants it. Hold on, Harry. 3-1, 3-2, 3-1. Yeah. 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 No one wants it. <sighs> Not a game to be played yet. I don't know. There's a few easy ones in there. Don't worry. They're in there. <laughs> well, you got music then. Alright then, Jack. Part, uh, Good choice for you, then. Good choice for you. <laughs> Alright then, music. Okay, Jack. Yep. Which band <laughs> sang The Drugs Don't Work? Uh, the Verbs. Sorry? The Verve. That is correct. Well done, Jack. Three, two, and out. No, I'll see your face again. Three, two. Three, two, yeah. Three, two. Right. It's come back on. How have you not picked number two yet, lad? The Air Tom League. No, the Irish International. Yeah. I go on League of Ireland, number one. Trying to get back on the board so you get something going again. Here we go, okay? Yep. Which Cork City player received more yellow cards than anyone in the league this season with 14? Aaron Bulger. That is correct. Well done, 4-2, right in there. Okay, um, Jack, your turn how to pick another topic. All right then, uh, Jack. Yep. What county is Evan Ferguson from? Uh, Kildare. That is incorrect. Okay. Over to you, He's from Mead. That is correct. Well Same done. <laughs> oh, where about to Mead is he from? How are we meant to know where Evan Ferguson is from? <laughs> Now, if this was the knockout rounds, Gary would have won, but it's um, who gets the highest score in the end, I think, isn't it? Oh, Evan yeah. Ferguson. <laughs> okay, then, over to you, Gary. I'll have to keep it in football, it's doing alright for me. 
I'm going to go Europe, European football. European football. All right, then. Which club did Ronaldinho join after Barcelona? Oh. AC Milan. That's correct, Gary. 6 2. I would have fancied that one over Alright then. Unbelievable. Jack? We have one more uh, football topic. We're going boxing. Football. I knew you were going there. We're going boxing. Boxing, <laughs> okay. You do. You do. I hope my friend doesn't know what's coming here. Is it going to be crossover boxing? I will see now. What was the original name of boxer Muhammad Ali? Cassius Clay. That is correct. Cassius Clay. We'll give that. All right. Back over to you there. Uh, oh, uh, six three. 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 Nineteen. Okay then. All right, Gary. Your question is, what is the number six in Roman numerals? Jack knows. Can see it in his eyes. Oh my God! Number six in no Roman numerals. IV. That is incorrect, Gary. Over to you, Jack. Just a V. Just a V. Yeah, that is big. incorrect. V ah. I. Gary, you just ah. got it in the wrong order. You wanted to go OEV, but then when you said OEV, I was thinking it's not OEV. What is it then? So I was thinking it must be just a one. Do you know what I mean? Like it must be a singular one. That must be sixteen. Do you know what though? Sorry for me, yeah, Harry. Is another question gone? Yeah. Another one gone. Yeah. Here we go. One, two, three, four, five, six. We'll go with. Uh, yeah. So we've got history, human body. This is a play. Nursery rhymes, vehicles, smartphones, space, and German football. Your sister. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking, but it could be anything. We'll go. Vehicles. Alright then. Okay, Jack, your question is A juggernaut is what type of vehicle? It's like uh, the juggernaut, Big Joe Joyce. It's like uh, a truck. That is correct. It was either lorry or truck, but we'll give that. I swear. (laughs) What's the score now, Prof? 6-4. Back to my roots here. German football, Harry. Alright then. German football for Gary. Okay, who is currently top of the Bundesliga? I only looked at it last night. Jesus. <laughs> Do you know what, Jack? I think I know because of Listen. I think I know. Oh, I'm just going to have to say Bayern Munich. I'm sorry, that's incorrect, Gary. There's only one other team it has to be then is Leverkusen. That's correct. Oh my god, you know what? Six five. They are currently (laughs) Shabby Alonso everywhere I look at them. No, because Bayern beat uh, Dortmund 4 0, so I knew it wasn't gonna be Dortmund. 
Um, That's what I was thinking. They're two points ahead of uh, Byron, who are in second place, but the comeback is on here, Jack. What are we, 6-4? 6-5. 6-4! Game on! Here we go. It's a game of runs, Harry. What are we going on here now? We have five more. No, I don't think so. Someone like it. Smartphones. Might as well. I know. Back all about them. But we know it, because it could be angry. Okay, then. Number 15. Sorry now. All right, Jack. Which three letters are on the number five when we're texting on our phones? Oh. So twenty seconds. A few more seconds, Jack. Didn't answer there, Jack. Oh, <laughs> J K L. Yep. Is it? Yeah. Yes, four. I didn't know if we should have the given that. Matter, yeah. huh? hmm? Time doesn't matter. <laughs> Time doesn't matter. I'll let you just let that one, Harry. No, I don't. Oh God, I don't know. We give it to him. We give it to him. Are we tight? Yeah. We'll make this even more interesting then. Uh, jeez. Oh, oh, more or less. Do it. That's all. That's only. Uh, <laughs> that was so much. Number twelve. Human body. I had it as well, you know. Oh. Human body. Okay, Gary. In the human body, by what name is the patella also known? The patella. Oh. What is it known as? Known as. Yeah. The patella tendon. I don't know what part of the body is it. Shin bone. Sorry, Gary, that's incorrect, Jack. Do you know this? Knee. That's correct. Oh. 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 Seven, six. Oh, oh my God, the weasels are bad. This is great. Hit you. Oh, right. Jack. What number is that, uh, Jack? Nine. Nine. All right, then. Oh, gosh, of course. Julius, this one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm coming out of nowhere. <laughs> I mean, what a comeback. <coughs> oh, he's telling me. Show him on the telly. <laughs> Um, Fidel Castro took power on what island? Uh, Chile. That is incorrect, I'm sorry. Oh, no way! Castro was... Gary? Island or...? Um, island, yeah. Yeah, island. Oh, sh- I couldn't tell you. The That's terrible for me. Absolutely terrible. The Caribbean? That's also incorrect, no Gary. It's Cuba. Cuba! <laughs> All right then, Gary. Jumped in, didn't they? Go on, then. let's get this one out of the way. <laughs> nurse, here we go, nursery yeah, rhymes. All right, Gary. Y- you probably ah. need to get this, okay? All right, nursery rhymes. Minute, Sorry. Will I get a minute on this one? Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> just twenty seconds, okay? In the nursery rhyme, what did the incy wincy spider climb up? The water spout. That's correct. Okay. Hell, I deserve that. I that. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Yeah, boys, the winner, kid. Space. Space. Okay. Which number is that? 18. 18. All right, Jack. This is to win Quifties. (laughs) Gary? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Space. Last answer. He's got the second last answer. (laughs) Up the waters, bro. (laughs) Honestly. Okay, Jack Byrne. There are eight planets in our solar system. Earth and Mars are two. Can you name another tree? Ah, come on. Um, 
Neptune. Is it Nep Nep? Um Neptune's one, yeah. Two more. Um three more seconds. I actually don't know. Gary, do you know? Can you repeat the question again, Harry? There are eight planets in our solar system. Earth and Mars are two. Can you name another three? So it's over to you, Gary. Neptune, Pluto and Venus. I'm sorry, Gary. Pluto isn't classified as a planet anymore, so... Oh, apologies. Sorry. Neptune, Venus and Mercury. Yes, Gary, that is correct. You have won quifties. Well done. Congratulations. Well done, yeah, man. I was hard on that last one. I thought you had that wrapped up. No, I wouldn't have that. No, space is it. That is you. Not space. The cash out one, yeah, but not space. I wouldn't really know that there's space. I'm mad into that YouTube, Elon Musk. That's SpaceX. Unlucky Jack. That was good. That was good. But Gary, you came into the Lions then and you've come out victorious. Well done. Thanks, Hardy. Thanks, boys. Yeah, it's good, yeah. It's good. I didn't back myself. No, at the start of it, I was... uh, no chance, like it wasn't giving myself any chance, but it's, yeah, it's just all questions, isn't it? It feels like you've said you haven't backed yourself for the last three or four now. You don't seem to be quite confident, but you've won it now. And we have Prof here to give over the trophy. Thanks, Prof. Congratulations. Thanks, Prof. Thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Nice to you, didn't it? It is, yeah. It's going up in the mountain piece. <laughs> right beside the, the four medals. Going up in the game. The five, the, the, five, the cup as well, guys. Yeah, and the first division. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that was good. I enjoyed that. Yeah. that was good. Good so comic. <laughs> <laughs> Hardy, you're the real winner, mate. Thanks a million. You are the real winner. Yeah, but honestly, do it again next year. We'll be handing it back to profiting. I will give him that. The only. I'm not the only. We let the people decide. We let the people decide. You're right. You're been brilliant. Seriously, Hardy, you've been brilliant. You've been the real winner. Thanks a million. You participants in this. That was good, I enjoyed that for me. Uh, thanks a million though lads. Unlucky uh, Jack, congrats thanks, Gary. Harry. Prof, that was the, the quiz and um, that was a humdinger. The 2023 champion has been crowned, Gary. It's Gary O'Neill who... One person. One, one person? person picked him. No, two people picked him. Two. I'll have that in a moment. Uh, funny enough, this began with the qualifiers all the way back in February and it was Gary O'Neill... Sean Gannon and Neil Frugia. I quizzed those three at Rosedown. And here we are at the end of the year and we finally have a champion. And it went right down to the wire. And I love that it came down to a general knowledge question. I remember, I think, Dave McAllister or Pigo, both of them beat Joey in the final. One of them came down to a maths question, which I thought was funny as well. So this came down to a space question. I love how like their their tactics because I had all the little sheets of paper laid out in front of them, and they were both looking at the nursery question, a uh, nursery rhyme, and they were much like, better farmer. <laughs> yeah, they were like, I'm not touching that. That could be horrible. Much I, better. And I'm farmer. just thinking in my head, no, just pick it. It's easy. Yeah, <laughs> the nursery rhyme one I couldn't believe. That was their purpose. It was like they all avoided it because it was so like. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was going to be Daniel Cleary related. Yeah, yeah. Fucking well, knick-knack paddywhack. Just a, just a quick explanation on the, the last question, right? The Pluto thing, right? I didn't want 
one point to come down to like a NASA technicality over whether Pluto is a planet. <laughs> so we had written into the question, we won't accept Pluto. But, but Harry didn't actually say that. So when Gary said Pluto, that's why I said, no, no, it's not a wrong answer. Just you're allowed to name a third one. Yeah, yeah. So I, I thought that was fair. So... Uh, yeah, really dramatic win. Jack Jack was even though he lost. Very very good uh, sport. Uh, yeah, even though he lost, he was buzzing after. And um, we were just sort of chatting in the kitchen, and he was like, "It was like, geez, that was some finish, like <laughs> down to the wire and all." Um, so yeah, very enjoyable quiz. Harry, Harry had a ball. He brought us all chocolates. He brought me Gary O'Neill, Jack Byrne, box of celebrations. Oh yes. Um, and uh, he sent me a nice thank you card as well. Because he absolutely loves hosting the quiz all season. Uh, he's he's so, the next big thing, man. Um, at least we know we have a predecessor. We have his successor anyway. He has been an absolute revelation. Yeah, he has been brilliant, and I he's got to he's got to host the next season, Gary. We've no choice. Yeah, absolutely. Imagine yeah. players won't go back to us. No, they won't. Like, where's Harry? Won't even talk to me. Yeah, um, so, so yeah, bit of housekeeping now with this competition that we ran a while back. Okay. Oh God. So I mentioned this on the last show. Lee Kelly was the only person to pick Jack Byrne. And that's why I was convinced Jack was going to win because Lee Kelly he wins everything. Wins everything. Uh, two people picked Gary O'Neill. And that was Sean Durgan and Nathan Dongo. I've agreed with yeah. Sean Durgan's present anyway. You've agreed with what? Yeah, I've agreed a present with him. It's a point of white horse. <laughs> well, I was going to offer something, but if, if you... If he said he'd take a point of white horse in exchange If you're sorting it, fair enough. Now, the prize initially was a free ticket to the Tipsy's Player of the Year Wars, but that's already happened. Next year. So, I don't know. I, I was going to say maybe split the cost between them or give them a free foreign in a roll book or something. But we look after them. We yeah. look after them. You're giving them a free point. That's, we always do. That's good enough for me. We always look after the fans. But don't let it be said. Don't let James Lowe tell you. <laughs> That we don't honour competition prize winners, right? I can hear him shouting all the way from Baddy right now. Baddy or Baddy? I don't know. Where is, oh, no, he's, he's back. He's back. Is so he he's, back? Yeah, he's back. But, um... Shut up, James. Yeah, he's... He, there's going to be text flying after this. <laughs> yeah, so brilliant quiz, Prof. But the Tifty's Play of the Year Awards, a week later on the Friday night, um... I had a ball at this, man. I, I think I wanted to step it up production-wise. And visually, I think... I don't think anything went wrong. Now, that's on stage, but big shout out to Jonesy. Well, was, Jonesy no was brilliant. I was surprised by how smooth and flawless <laughs> it was. Like, no mic. Was there one or two mic things? But you, I think me, my mic was a little bit tetchy at times, but I like compared to the previous year. This was planned. It was mic trouble. Meticulously. But this, it, it ran smoothly. It was excellent. Uh, yeah, you and Jonesy were brilliant. Great questions. Um, I liked how Al, you had Al and uh, Leon on stage, and I know I, I jokingly gave it about Al earlier about how he he was giving. He me, doesn't show up after the media speak, but he actually got brutally honest for a second, and then a few guys in the crowd were like, "Ooh!" And then he started to backtrack. And I was like, "No, no, 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 keep going." He kind of put going. the hammer in on this, Leon on one stage, didn't he? Was he wrong though? But he said, "Listen, you have to get your finger out. You're not good enough, pretty much." No, but considering where he came from. <laughs> Into uh, well, we hadn't won the league yet, mm. but in the Shamrock Rovers, where he came from, you could argue he didn't deserve to be there, but he has proved himself since. Yeah, and now he absolutely deserves a spot. But no, I love that honesty from from Big Al, and that's what you want at these sort of Player of the Year awards, where they're not 
it's not a media on television interview and they can open up a bit that's what you want um, so we stressed no phones we yeah, make sure yeah. everybody was comfortable yeah I met Neil Murray there care. Yeah. Uh, so I <laughs> I got the story I got the story and I'm going missing but uh, it's, it's not for the podcast no <laughs> it's definitely not for the podcast so you great can, fella as well you, you can ask me yourself if you want to um, yeah I had a nice chat with Neil and a few other people Shouting the guys from Cambridge at one point. Um, apologies, lads, if you're listening. And it seemed like I wasn't listening. I was. I just I'd had a few by then. <laughs> so <laughs> no, I actually I remember I remember what they said. It was it was fascinating. Um, I think they were basically saying like they're in the wrong category of people. Like uh, they're from another country, but they're here a long time. Following robbers. Jeez, I didn't even know. Yeah. Um, big shout out to the drunkest raffle ever. No, I don't think anyone got prizes what they were supposed to get. <laughs> People just walking up going, I'll take that. No tickets. Drunkest uh, raffle ever. Is this Aussie Nate? Everybody. Everyone involved. It was brilliant. It was great crack. <laughs> um, Cork got a guard of honour outside the Maldron as well. That, um, was, that was a question by myself, yeah. So it was, uh, it was overall very, very happy with how it went. We had big shout out to Graham, Philly, Bill Gleeson, Aussie Nate, Gar Brennan, everybody, Deco Fitz. Uh, Tomo Parsons everybody that helped they were all absolutely brilliant and uh, my wife of course Larish was mm. overseeing the whole thing like it was brilliant They we, it wouldn't have went anywhere near as good as it would have if it wasn't for everybody that helped out so big big shout out well, I know I know how much Mark work. the photographer George Kelly I don't want to forget yeah. anybody yeah I know how much work you put into this like for months and months on end and you're sending me little updates and then Lara does be in work with me as well she, in the, even the week before she's telling me about the balloons and how it's going to look and all <laughs> so it went off without a hitch it was a fantastic night uh, I actually counted Gary. I got six shout outs on stage oh yeah you got a few ones alright um, after five I was like ah oh, that's nice I appreciate that after six I was like just just stop talking <laughs> I was um, <laughs> you're officially a sax man now as well oh the sax John Murphy is it? Deadly isn't he? Uh, he is absolutely quality. Absolutely best entertainment ever. Big shout out to No Way Home as well. Um, no that wasn't them. It wasn't them. They called Deja Vu that was two years ago. <laughs> Deja Vu is it a band and they were brilliant. You're getting Deja Vu. So uh, yeah. Yeah so that was it. So the women prof they finished out the season with a back to back away wins. The DLR waves and 3D United 4-0 and 4-1 and uh, 4-4 draw at home that loan. So managed by former hoop Kieran Kilduff. Yeah, and then Lawn actually went on to win the cup yeah. under Killer. So they've um, he's going to stay on next season as manager of Lawn. So he's had a very successful time already at Lawn. Um, so just quickly on this game, we had goals two from O'Leary, uh, one from Ralph, one from Anya Gorman. Uh, that put Anya on 199 career league Whoa. goals. So oh. she very nearly hit the 200. As Cody said after his post-match, he said, what a mad game that was. 4-1 <laughs> up. At long, came back to draw 4-all. With two minutes left. Such an end-of-season game. Yeah, but there was some mistake because it was between Robbers and Shells for second place. So, with two minutes left in injury time, Robbers are winning 4-3 and in second place. And then Lone equalised and then Shelburne pipped us to runners-up spot. <laughs> so, it was... It felt like a defeat in the end. And yeah. then what's worse... Anya at one stage during the game was the outright league top goal scorer for the season but then Dana Sheriff with the hat-trick overtook her with that last goal 
and was top goal scorer for the season. Team of the year as well. It's just kind of funny that the two were head to head in the final game. Um, yeah, it was one of those. McDowell was there afterwards, and he said to me, "Like I just, I just had to delete my match report. <laughs> he just, <laughs> just had to rip it up." Um, Still waiting on our extra time that we report for the Player of the Year awards, McDowell, please. Yeah, yeah. Glowing absolutely. report. Yep. Yeah, so we had, uh, yeah, Leah was player of the match. Uh, Hannah talked to her afterwards. Um, she's won, won a few awards. We'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, Hannah, an official member of the SRC media team, oh, Gary. She got the induction. She got her karaoke. She got her media badge for 2023. Oh, and I know it's brilliant. a bit late, but it's kind of a memento because, like, I I collect all mine over the years, and uh, it's just kind of nice to. You know, I feel like you're part of the team and all. So she chatted to the player. There was loads of awards. It was the player's senior player of the year. That was Jess Hennessy. And there was the player's young player of the year, Leo Leary. Leo Leary sweeping the board. Yeah, but the fans picked Eva Kelly for senior. And they, the fans also picked Leah for young. So a double award winner for for Leo Leary. And, but yeah, Ger, um, like I said, better late than never. For Hannah to uh, get her media pass, but I'll tell you what's not better late than never: getting your club media merchandise like I did for ma- for mascot workwear. Where is it? Now it's upstairs. But Garrett, I I don't ask. I I'm I'm a humble man. I don't ask for much, right? But I came in all season. I'd walk in through the through the turnstiles, and all the program setters be rocking their mascot jackets and all. And I'm like, hmm. It's September now. It's October now. Still haven't. I'm the only person who hasn't received this mascot workwear. Then finally, on the last day of the season, I'm given my mascot shirt and my jacket as we head into a four-month break. And we're in time for winter. To be honest, I forgot to look at it until the other day, and I opened the bag. They are both a triple XL. They dumped it on you, Gar. Do I look like a triple XL? They dumped it on you. They couldn't get rid of it and they go, give that to Prof. Gar, I look like a before and after photo. (laughs) Sure, do you know what? I'm sure we will hold on to it. Give it a couple of years. Um, Yeah, cheers. SRC. For uh, for that reward. Uh, Yep. League of Ireland Awards. Ceremony Leo Leary. Rising star. Superb season and she added the SSE Atricity Young Player of the Year to her collection. Scarlett Heron was Scarlett Heron sounds like a seventies uh, actress. <laughs> Scarlett Heron was also nominated and Collie was nominated for Manager of the Year. Leah was among seven Rovers representatives at the event, three staff and four players, and Leah and Jess Hennessy also made their Atricity Team of the Year. Received deserved recognition. Jess has been brilliant at the back. Um, our shot from outside the box in off the crossbar home to Atlone and the game was voted as Rovers goal of the month October and goal of the season absolute screamer and Anya had one player of the month for October and congratulations to Anya who's been nominated for the personality of the year so well done to all the ladies yeah it's hard to keep up with all these wars isn't it yeah, yeah. Um, yeah don't forget LOI TV season passes are back so you can watch all of Rovers men's and women's games next season and all the other games, 450 plus games for just 120 euro. We'd encourage everybody to get involved with this because we want it to stay a service and remain a service. So I think the more people buy it, obviously, the more it'll be success, a success. And absolutely, it's it's a great service. But, um, Paul, Prof, next up we have Paul Weaver. Okay, so we are in the lair and we have Paul Weaver with us from the Junior Hoops. Um, Paul, you're here today to tell us about a Focus Ireland initiative. So it's a fantastic. Um, thing we have going on with the charity so tell us all about it with the junior hoops yeah 
it's great to be back. Great to see you, lads. I wish you a happy Christmas. I know it's a bit early, but um, yeah. Now last year we had a phenomenal response from the Junior Hoops parents to direct revision uh, kind of presents for the kids. And uh, this year we decided we'd push it out a little bit uh, and go a bit more local. So we we kind of targeted and we went to we spoke to Focus Ireland Tala who told us they have about 4,500 families who come to them regularly wow. about Christmas week. 4,500 just in local. Now, that could be many of us among the stands in the, in the road. This is Rovers fans we're talking about as well. That could be included in that. But 4,500 fans, who 4,500 people who essentially come to them every Christmas looking just for a bit of a dig out. Not a big payout, just a little bit of a dig out, a bit of help, maybe a food voucher or something towards Smith's or something just to get them through the Christmas. So we decided this year we would get a bit of an initiative going we created this 12 days of christmas initiative and um, we started last saturday we're running until towards the week it's 12 days of christmas we're just asking people just to give us a bit of a dig out give families local families and dig out. i said you never know could be the first one sitting beside you on a, on a match night that's kind of the one that's getting an envelope in two weeks time a little rover's crest on it and you go at least it's from one of the family there you go so tell us how people actually go about it what do they do what do they need to do to get involved Really simple. We set it up there last Saturday. So you've got, if you go onto the link, shamrockrovers.ie forward slash focus, uh, gives you an access to three buttons, Dunn stores, pennies or Smith's toy stores. Literally click on one of the buttons. It'll bring you directly into one of their websites. Click on the button, pick any voucher, any amount you can afford, up to five euro, 10 euro, whatever you can afford. Um, print off the email and just email it to info at shamrockrovers.ie. The lads will take it in the office up there, uh, Rean and Ross and the lads, uh, and they'll put it into a Shamrock Grounds envelope. And then next Friday, please God, we'll get a big envelope of big bag of vouchers from Rovers fans. And we'll be able to hand them over to Focus Ireland and kind of wrap our arms around talent and say, listen, this is what we've done for the as a club. Yeah, I think it's something that we need to do a lot more of in the community. Huge. And I think it's a good start, Junior Hoops getting involved, particularly yeah. in the future. So um, can... What what's the the next step as to say like will this open the door for future partnerships with the yeah Focus? And like Focus Ireland I'd like to be involved with us I mean we initially had talks but we've we've sponsors already involved sketches and all have already got involved we wanted to donate donate shoe vouchers and stuff we've other sponsors on board as well but this is only the real start of it like next year we want to kind of progress it and we want to have. You know, a, a Tifties day of, of donating. We want to have a South Stand day of donating. We want to have a corporate day of donating where we get companies involved and try and compete against each other for a signed jersey, whatever. Like the club are 100% behind it. So it's our initial year. And we just want to kind of make it grow and just to said, base pretty much target people in the community that really need us most and said, the greatest thing ever, like next week, would be if somebody who was in it, sitting beside us in the stand gets an envelope with a Rover's Crest on it and a voucher going. We have you looked after. They they won't forget that. That's the no. thing as well. I mean, it's the little things that yeah. they all add up, and I think that's sometimes lost on everyone in general is that that we don't appreciate the little things and how much they actually add up, and all these little initiatives and all these little nips and tucks everywhere, yeah. and how much they can actually benefit yeah. people as well. And people won't forget it. That's the thing. That's it. I mean, look at the, the whole purpose of doing it in doing the, the three pronged attack, the three voucher attack, is that first of all, look, we appreciate that everybody is going through tough times. So there's no minimum payment that anyone can have. If you can afford it, 10 or 5 or 15, whatever. Equally, if you're in any of, the, any of the stores over the next few days and you're heading into the club shop next Saturday to pick up a new jersey, whatever, by all means, go in, pick up a square voucher, pick up a Dunn's voucher, Smith's, Pennies, whatever you can afford. Stick it in an envelope, hand it to one of the lads in the club and we'll make sure it goes to the right family just before Christmas. Uh, so it's pretty much given the 
power back to the parents of the people who get the voucher and there's a little bit more to say okay you can go and do what you want with it as opposed to being exactly. gifted something is it exactly we were we were looking initially at a, a shoebox appeal but we just thought you know we give the autonomy back to the families let them have the power back of saying okay we have a couple of vouchers here we can go off and we can try and get santa sorted or we can try and get the food shopping in or whatever basic stuff that like most was take for example but i said yeah. like there could be people in in any of the stands and around Dallas stadium that are really relying on kind of a bit of a dig out of christmas and look it'd be great if we kind of just step in and say listen this is what we do as a club and as a community and the club have been really receptive about the actual initiative as well when you approached anyone at the club before the club has been brilliant yeah in fairness to Ross and Rain and John Martin in fairness now straight from the start so we approached Focus Ireland about three or four weeks ago uh, from the outset they've been great uh, we've got a we've got a bit of stuff there. We're talking to a few of the players there last week, and they've said anything can help. And of course, Bradger's always on board. Any any mm. ask Bradger for yeah, give me a text and I'll sort it out. So it's great, it's great, it's, it's good feeling about, it and that's what it's all about. So what else? Uh, we might as well talk a little bit about the junior hoops now as well. We won't be too long. What about the new season? Um, are you going to take up the north stand? Is it going to be the the new mini ultra section? <laughs> we already have a mini ultra section. <laughs> yeah, no, look, the, the club have asked us to encourage uh, all the junior who families take up seats in the north stand. Uh, it makes sense, I suppose, access wise to the junior hoops hut, which yeah. is on the corner. Lucky enough, to, hopefully this year we'll get a chance to clean it up a bit because it got fairly demolished this year, accepting all the cables and the pipes and the drainage for the north stand. So it's all going through the junior hoops hut. So uh, we've been assured that it will be all tidied up and next year we've plans to clean it all up and put up some signed jerseys and put some butter bags in and maybe put a TV in with some matches on and just make it a welcome space for the kids. Uh, we increased from 150 last year to 400 this year. 400? <coughs> 400, yeah. Is that now, I was looking at the season tickets earlier on and I was going through the South Stand, so South Stand's officially Closed. sold. Gone. Nothing. That's including Junior Hoop membership as yeah, well. Yeah. So the 15 quid extra on top. Is there a way for anyone to join the Junior Hoops without the season ticket? Absolutely, yeah. We have a separate page on the, on the fans page on the website. So you, if you don't need to be involved, we've got a couple of people this year, this week saying, oh, you know, do we need to buy? No, you can join the Junior Hoops any stage during the season, 15 quid. Uh, that gets you basically a welcome pack. It gets you access to going on the pitch to the Guard of Honour. We do meet and greets with the teams. We do Christmas events. We do all sorts of stuff. So like... Well, it's all very relevant as well because a lot of people know what the junior hoops do but there's a 10% rise in new season ticket holders as well there's some brilliant stats Prof you were put to shame did you see the season ticket stats yeah, there's some brilliant stuff so 10% of the 3,000 that we've sold so far are all new season ticket holders which is great so they might not know so it's all very relevant That's stuff yeah. that we need to get out there and 400 uh, there's going to be a day when you're going to have 400 of them well, I mean, it'd be, nice to, it'd be nice to get a day where we can have a seat in the stadium. Like, it's a bad complaint, but like normally we wrap up bringing the kids off the pitch and put away the flags <laughs> and lock up the place and whatever, and it's about quarter past eight, and there's never a seat we got. Mm. <laughs> like, people often wonder why we're standing up at the eight United you know, The fact is, we can't get a seat anywhere, and that's a good complaint. Yeah. So we're looking for the club to give us four seats that says Junior Hoops on the seats in the north stand we like to sit down and watch the match from now on next the season. comfy ones with the cushions <laughs> we don't mind even cushions we bring our own we're old enough Paul and Glenn are going to be the conductors yeah, the yeah. <laughs> so we have Paul um, anything else you want to add um, but other than that the forward slash focus get so yourself involved with the vouchers get yourself vouchers and just email um, the voucher whatever you, whatever you can afford I said it could be one of the lads sitting beside you in the match and if it's if we can wrap our arms around kind of the community and tell it as a club before Christmas, great. Absolutely. It's yeah. all about. Paul, thanks very much. Oh, thanks, wow. Paul.
so that was Paul and a brilliant initiative from the Junior Hoops as usual the South Stand Collective will be teaming up with them soon enough fantastic stuff um, really really great initiative check it out shamrockrovers.ie forward slash focus if you can get involved that's no, if you, and if you can't don't worry about it it's no problem but brilliant stuff from Paul and well done to all the Junior Hoops uh, capos who constantly try and bring the club forward and help out and around the community it's been brilliant our signing so far, Prof. Lee Stacey from Cove and defender Josh Honahan from Cork. So Bradzer said this, We've watched Josh for some time. We really like him. Monitor, monitored him for a couple of months and we started conversations a while back, said Stephen Bradley. Josh can play anywhere. He's a sort of a Liam Scales type player that he can play wing back or centre half. He can use both feet naturally, which helps as well. He's also very comfortable with playing as a wing back or a centre back. We'll mould him in to see what his best, best position is as time goes. But as I say, Josh is one we've liked for some time. Josh is one who fits our profile of what we're looking for we think he has a really high ceiling and we feel that he can help him reach that he's got really good attributes and we can feel he can only improve by coming to the rovers so we'll help him and he'll help us and yeah, uh, so <clears throat> i don't think i remember him at all so i'm looking forward to a new player you know yeah so as you're getting from that he is a versatile player and you only have to look at last season he played in all five positions across the back last season for cork so uh that's gonna be brilliant for us because there has been times last season and we do we do have versatile players you know we mentioned Sean Gannon in the moment who has obviously moved on but you know the way he could cover a centre back uh, Frugia can switch wings and all that but yeah it's good having the versatile yeah. players and as for Lee the goalkeeper joins the hoops after an impressive campaign with Cove helping Ramblers to a tour place finish in the first division it's a return to Tallaght for the shot stopper Stacey played for Rovers under 19s over 10 years before departing the club 2012 and Bradzer said he had a really good season at Cove we spoke to Lee last year we know him quite well he's really close to some of the group there so we've been in contact for some time said Stephen Bradley I know he's, he's the perfect fit for what we really need to do and what we're looking for it's really important that he's here to push Lee on and also help him he has experience in the league and he has played a lot of games so I think he's a good fit for Leon. I think he will help him on and off the pitch. And with his age, when you see how long Alice Mann has played for, I think that's a goalkeeper. It's a different animal to outfield players. When we look at Leon, he's a really young goalkeeper. So I think it's important to have a bit of experience around him. Lee is someone who knows the leagues, knows the highs, knows the lows. And it's a good fit for us all. So good stuff from uh, a good solid signing with Lee Stacey. Um, I think he's the, the chant will be Uber keeper. Uber keeper going to his taxiing days. <laughs> I think he was working as a taxi man when he was in college so Uber Keeper will um, be the show he's, I think he's doing his masters or something now, I think he's completing yeah. he's done yeah. so it suits him to come back up Jack Bourne multi-year contract and great news with Rory and Leon signing as well so very very good news Prof if you think back to the start of the month um, so like the first couple of weeks of November there was a lot of transfer rumours about Jack Byrne mm. and various clubs and fans were getting nervous and I don't know what I would have said about it at the time but we know he has sort of a, a long term injury so that, that changes things Um, but it's brilliant news Jack, Rory Gaffney, Leon all have resigned Super news, it really is very very happy with that uh, Michael Leddy back from his loan spell at Drada Keen Barrett returns from Kerry and Sean Gannon has joined Shelbourne so <clears throat> um. Bit of bit of movement, prof. Bit of movement. Yeah, like I said a moment ago, there. Um, you could have argued uh, we didn't see much of Sean Gannon this season. Like, even in the team news every week, he wasn't he wasn't even getting the mention. He just had that recurring injury. But in an ideal world, a player like that, as decorated as that, you could keep him as cover. 
experienced cover for the centre backs because remember there was a period was a 2021 or 2022 where he slotted in there a few times and he's brilliant I said that uh, that was our core for the next two years do you remember I said yeah. Gannon whoever else was playing centre half Grace and Pico I said that's our core for the next two years but it didn't work out like that but um, but for whatever reason he never excelled at the right wing back as what Brazzer wanted of him in that position yeah um, and obviously there's financial considerations um, you could argue a player uh, maybe a younger player uh, as cover makes more sense there but yeah Sean has gone to Shelburne yep. um, someone actually asked me how many games he had started um, so in the three seasons it was 29 league games in his first season then 17 and then 4 so gradually he last year but like I said there was injuries uh, we did keep a clean sheet in 3 of the 4 this year uh, whatever that's worth but only 10 appearances total in the league this season mm-hmm. so uh, yeah we wish Sean well um, as we say the most decorated league of Ireland player of all time absolutely so Corker relegated Tala the same night we had the player of the year award so um, the mm. show was over by then and everybody was eating and <laughs> flying around that a Parsons had scored for Waterford I said it's good stock oh you stole my line stock. now because I was going to say <laughs> well co-host Jonesy and Parsons were knocking it out of the park on stage in the Maldron the Waterford Parsons was bending one in the top corner he across the road at the stadium was. so um, 2-1 it ended on the night I think it was going around mm. it was 3-1 but 2-1 and Cork went down mm-hmm. and there was a couple of sing songs on the night oh. a very funky raffle <laughs> How did that uh, siege mentality work out for them, Gary? Yeah, it's uh, one of the three amigo podcast guys was at the player of the year once. Really? I'm not sure which one, yeah. He turned up, just popped over because he knew some one of the Rovers fans and he turned up. I wasn't sure which one it was. I kind of recognised his voice. <clears throat> but uh, the three amigos turned up. Did he uh, predict who would take over the Cork job at the time? or? I actually. Because they don't have a great track record <laughs> in that field. I think he got into a bit of an altercation with one of the Rovers fans in the bathroom, possibly, but um, there was a good retort. I think there was an argument. We won't say who it was. We'll keep him anonymous, but if you know his singing voice, you might find out who he is. But there was, a, a not, let's say, a confrontation. It's probably a too harsh of a word. In the bathroom between a Cork fan and a Rovers fan, and it was because this little ditty was getting sung in the Jacks. You got that sinking feeling, oh, that sinking feeling, you got that sinking feeling, cause you go, went down, oh. Yeah, so, um, this was the highlight of the night for me, <laughs> I, I couldn't stop laughing at this, funniest thing ever, funniest thing ever. The end of it is yeah. the best. Go. Wait. Down. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Say, Sarah and Cork fans in the toilet. FAI Cup final prof. Pats 3-1 bows. The final set the record for the highest attendance. FAI Cup final. 43,881. Breaking the 45 record of 41-238 between Rovers and Bowes. So, <clears throat> um... This was in the sun. The cup finalists, St. Pat's and Bowes, have lost out on five-figure sums due to pyro displays at the November showpiece. Sun Sport understands that the repairs for the damage to the Aviva Stadium pitch cost in the region of 46000 So more than the prize money split between the clubs. Apparently, I think Bowes are left with 600 quid after 
the the fines. <clears throat> so they very nearly lost money for reaching right. the cup final. It's um, it's not even funny, like it just shows you where we are and our domestic game, you know. Well, this obviously ties in to the pre-match displays that ultimately we didn't see because they didn't pass the the uh, inspection by the fire warden. And I know so, people are laughing at that, but for me, I just felt oh, it's so unnecessary. Possibly could have been avoided, but it sets a bad precedent for the league going forward for other displays and for everything, and it's just a bad look. I'd rather it happened, you know what I mean? For the better of the league. Absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's plenty of things we can laugh about that, but uh, no, I wasn't laughing at this one because it could be us. Don't want to happen to uh, any club, really. No. But yeah, Gar, the days that followed that cup final, the memes. Oh my god, the memes. You had divine comedy. It's relentless, wasn't it? You had everything. You had empty trophy cabinets only filled with one, like, stupid thing. Because that's their only trophy. Like, meaningless stuff. Like, <laughs> best pitch or whatever it may be. And then that headline appeared. Um, last November that interview with Deccan Devine where it goes I'm not coming down here giving up my life my family and finishing 6th the fact that he actually said 6th and that is where they finished not 1st where they were miles ahead in March or April where they were singing about looking down at robbers and petrol stations not 2nd not 3rd not 4th not even 5th 6th that's a bad season how good a season is this for a Rovers fan the four in a row and then Bowles just icing on the cake wasn't it absolutely um, amazing yeah Mick uh, McCarthy points out that they did win something they won program of the season Pro- now that's that's probably going to be a, a little is that, I don't think you'd be happy with that now Prof um, they won program of the season they did uh, I'm not going to get my thoughts public on this uh, <laughs> needless to say I think it's a farce because I think Hoopsine is uh, superior. I guess I just did give my opinion. But uh, they also have another award. Garrett Bowles. Most photogenic players. Most photogenic players. Yeah, they look great. They look great, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and as I think Turner pointed this out. Because you just kind of you forget about these things. But he brought it up again. Do you remember the pitch invasion in Galway? In the semi-final? Yeah. That's, yeah, totally forgot about it. It's just, yeah, some sums them <laughs> up, doesn't it? And not a great yeah. season. Yeah, Lambo has been, uh, just tweet about the war, basically, in Israel. The days that followed, just kind of like, nothing to see here. But um, there's actually no comeback, as a Bowes fan. Very, very like, hard to take. Like, normally rival fans, they've got something on you. But like, what do you even say? You just don't respond, best thing. There's no, there's nothing you can say. Literally, there's nothing you can say. After winning four in a row, they haven't mm. qualified for Europe. They came sixth. It's a nothing season for them. And Rovers are doing making history. It's tough. I wouldn't get involved. I'd just stay off. Like. So you would be like that one fan who tweeted, um, "Silverware is overrated." Mm. Was he with his hands? Was he? Um, Bear transfer news, Prof. James Dune with Glen Avon. Um, Bowes signed Dale Rooney and Belgian club KV Kortrijk made a 200k bid for Afalabi so interesting stuff there do you reckon he'll go? I think he would he'd be mad not to really wouldn't he proper pro setup. get up over there you can mm-hmm. play a couple of good games half a season Belgian pro club could come in for you yeah so we had <clears> a bit of stuff with Shelburne we had uh, that Portuguese fella 
in that they did the spoof Father Ted video. Oh yeah, Euclides. He is gone. Capital. He's gone already. Right. Didn't didn't stick around. I don't think he's fancy Talca Park. Yeah, and Shell signed Keith Ward. Yep. And uh, meanwhile, Luke Byrne, friend of the show, uh, unfortunately forced to retire with a chronic knee injury. Only thirty. Still a very young man. Yeah. So all the best, Lukey. Lukey's been great with us. And uh, good luck to him and Finner at UCD. Quite strange. Um, this kind of happened all a few weeks ago now, but the Turkish owners uh, from Hull City are gone already after only five months because seemingly they wanted to replace stuff. So the Irish investors took control back of shells and the Turkish owners basically gave it back to them for free. Now, they didn't actually put in three million they whatever they had put in at that point, shells have it. How much do they have to just think to say, "Oh, gone, keep the money." You know, it would have been interesting to be a fly in the wall. But this wasn't. I mean, they held a press conference at the Aviva five months ago. Loads of Turkish Irish over there, and all it was. It was. It was I can't believe it. Suddenly, it's it's over. Uh, Derry got Daniel Kelly from the dock, and Huben is leaving, and where he ends up, I'd say a Dublin club. Pat signed the two cabinets from Derry Keane and Brandon. Brandon for a fee and Rory Keaton from Cork. So busy, busy transfer window in Inchicore. And their S or FAI Cup hero Mark Doyle is off to the States to join Rhode Island FC, I think it is, or Rhode Island Terriers or something along those lines. So, Rhode Island Terriers. <laughs> so he's off to the States and the Kerry CEO switched to Dundalk in the strangest off-season transfer so far. This is unprecedented stuff. A CEO... I've never heard of it. I've never heard of a CEO jumping ship to a different team. So I thought it was initially the investor and he just bought Dundalk, but they've actually employed the CEO. So <clears throat> different. Yeah. It's something different. But then he has stepped aside as manager as well. And they've got a young manager in there. It's name escapes me now, Prof, but he's a young guy in his 20s. Basically, Billy's going back upstairs <clears throat> to his original role. Yeah, back upstairs. Yeah. Uh, Billy Dennehy, yeah, he's gone. Dominic Foley, uh, one of our former guests, is the new Treaty United women's manager as well. That was a great uh, interview, Prof. Him talking about his career in Belgium. Mm-hmm. And Wexford unveiled the plans for a new stadium closer to their city centre as well. So I think uh, the Wexford Stadium at the minute will be out. I've actually never been there. I know that they came up in 2015, but I didn't I didn't travel to that game. So I've not seen Ferry Carrig Park and myself. Hopefully we, hopefully we keep the yeah. wine bar. Um, Stephen Kenny era has officially ended after the New Zealand game and he became a lead contender for the Lincoln job and the Stephen Kenny era um, to sum it up it's very very like what six six wins Mawson against Gibraltar's. Gibraltar yeah you could see what he was trying to do I think Stephen Kenny probably relishes and prospers in a more day to day situation where you can really put his imprint on things like he did at Dundalk mm. it's a different game being an international manager where you have the players for maybe 10 days and you don't get to work with them as extensively as you want probably didn't suit his style could have been the case he'd probably go on and be a successful club manager somewhere else but the next step they're talking about Neil Lennon talking about Steve Bruce um, Steve I, Bruce that would be an awful appointment. I don't. I don't know where these names come from. Aside from his mad murder novels, which we talked about, it would just be a terrible appointment. Yeah, just because his son got two caps for them. It's I an. Know, it's an interesting time for Irish football. You know, he happens. was actually eligible to play for Ireland. Um, have you read that story? The the son. No, Alex Ferguson actually stopped Bruce from playing for Ireland, leading up to the '94 World Cup. 
because back then you could only have three farm. Oh, he, never, he never got a cap, did he? You can only no, he never got a cap for England. I don't know how, but you can only have three foreign players in the Premier League. So if he had declared for Ireland, he would have counted as a foreign player. No way. So then Fergie That's could have only picked three out of whatever four or five so he had. Fergie says goals really. Yeah, um, then you have Gus uh, Poyet hinting at getting the job. Yeah, I think um, he was on his way out at Greece, so he's just mm-hmm. looking at the net. I don't know, I think, personally, I don't think you'll get someone who was as committed as Kenny, because he was going to League of Ireland games, and he really, really wanted to make it work, like he was invested, it just didn't happen for him. Will, if we bring in a, let's say a mercenary, is that the wrong word, let's say we bring in somebody from abroad, are they going to be as enthralled by the local game here you know it's it's different it's it's an interesting situation I think they're going to try and go down the young ex-player route I think so Robbie Keane Damien Duff I don't know if Duff would have probably Duff probably won't accept it because he was there in a role before and he left but um, yeah, we'll see what happens that's what I think they're going to do but who ends up getting it I know Neil Lennon he's, was he Bucky's favourite at this stage at the moment yeah he was 7-4 so yeah that's what you're looking at. Um, I did forget to mention one thing about Shelburne. Uh, other friends of the show, Connor Kearns. Uh, he made Team of the Year, uh, Shells Player of the Year, League Goalkeeper of the Year. He's had a brilliant season. Now, uh, I was talking to his brother, Carl, about this, and uh, I won't name names. Well, I'll, I'll name one name. <laughs> uh, podcast at the start of the season. We're talking about Connor. Because the basically Shelburne and Shell's Swaps. keepers just swapped. So Brendan Clark went to Galway. And there was comments like... He got flack. There was comments like, uh, Galway have got the better deal here. And Conan Byrne said, I Shell's might have a decent season. The only thing I'm worried about is the goalkeeper. So the only thing he was worried about ended up being <clears throat> their strongest area yeah. so that is pundit in quotation marks Conan Byrne there saying the only thing he was worried about was Conor Kearns yep yeah. so that was it said um, that in sync there <laughs> last week Pico helped Cape Verde to a World Cup qualifying win over Eswatini and that followed up their nil all draw against uh, Angola so back to back clean sheets for Pico in the international window featuring at the heart of the Blue Sharks defence he was saying that the downpour was so bad that I think it was like 45 minutes it bucketed down pitch was flooded and then a half an hour later it was so hot that it was dry <laughs> so they were back on um, I can't wait to watch him again in the AFCON oh, I, I, was, I, I watch all his games there's always I, a stream I, um, I remember some of the games I remember were I was still in work I think I only caught the second half of one of them uh, I remember another one was on a Saturday but no when I can I watch all of them he's quite shrill when he screams right and I was watching mm. it in the kitchen and me and Moira were doing homework, but we were watching, going in now. And um, you could hear him. Lara turned around. She goes, <laughs> Is that Pico? I was like, Yeah. He's like, Yeah. You know, he kind of goes shrill at the top yeah. of his voice. And I was cracking him because you could hear him because there was no one in the stadium. It was in South yeah. Africa, but Eswatini's a little bit off. Reminds me of the behind closed doors games. Actually, with, what, uh, pretty much, I said there was about 100 there, and he said, No, yeah. there's less care. Remember <laughs> the behind closed doors games during Colwood and Joey O'Brien? was by far the loudest and just the leader that he was just <laughs> organising that defence I know that's that's, who, that's what Pico is now he's the organiser absolutely yeah 
Uh, Richie Till won Rovers goal of the season online vote for the club social media and Lee Grace has been voted our player of the month for October so a fruitful October for uh, yeah. November for Lee with the Tifties player of the year and the player of the month and of course and the see, team of the season as well yeah did you see Matty Smith's goal against us won the league award I was lo- I'd love to see the email addresses for that because I'd say they're all from Dundee because that's where he's from so I'd that's a poor choice and uh, like who scored Dale the, Rooney, who scored the draw had a goal against Pats? Was that Rooney? Yeah, that was. Maybe, that was maybe the goal of the yeah. season. Um, yeah, just on the, in the, on the and there was a better passing goal against us for Drogheda that was probably better than that Matty Smith goal. That was that the goal. Draper goal or yeah the no the other one or the, the, sh- the counter attack? You mean the Shelburne goal? Yes, possibly. Yeah. yeah. Either way. Yeah, that was good. Just um, on the international break, we should mention uh, Marcus Poom there. Um, playing, a, playing didn't a have minutes didn't have as much joy as Pigo because Estonia finished bottom of their group but he did play against uh, Austria and Sweden one point Estonia got they finished below Azerbaijan and they made a playoff they made a playoff they made a playoff don't ask me why look it up I actually hate the qualifying <laughs> system now to say um, yeah, they made a playoff. Didn't win a game. Got one point Garrett, minus goal difference. Don't even. This is a rhetorical question, so nobody at us around them, right? Why were Ireland in contention for qualifying right up until like the the second last I game? I don't want to know the reason. I know it involves nations, leagues, and playoffs and all. It's funny. Oh my god! How <laughs> were we in contention? Stephen Bradley, prof, nominated for the PFAI manager of the year he wins it move on Brad's on the second captain's podcast with Richie Sadler um, I don't want to talk about this because we've touched this in length at the play of the year wars and it's just emotional it's so so good such a good mm. episode I, just listen to it listen to it we no. can't delve into it again bro no I don't drive but most people I talked about it said the same thing. I had to pull over. Yeah, me and Larry did, and we were looking at each other like, whoa. Had to pull over. Yeah, literally. Uh, I was, it was an hour long. I was in a heap after this. It was nuts. It was nuts. It was, my God. <laughs> that was a powerful, powerful emotional listen. Powerful as As if my admiration for the man couldn't be any higher. I'm just sitting there thinking, how are you, how are you not only coping with all this at home with your son? You're not only coping with it. You're winning four leagues and putting eighty hours a week into the team, constantly bringing it home, which as well, looking at vos, looking at all this. Amazing! Uh, congratulations to Dylan Watts, who's been nominated for the SSC Tristy Player of the Month for November. And Roberto Lopez named in the PFOI team of the year with the gig this Saturday and the Gibson and the black toy and the the old parties. <laughs> so that's this weekend and Lopez and Bradley nominated for the SWI SSC Electricity Men's Personality of the Year. I'd say P goes a shoe in for that because he's such a great guy. Yeah, just on the PFOI team of the year. Um, couple of so <laughs> the Clark one rankled me slightly. How many? Someone said it. How eighteen many? games. He started eighteen games. But one Robbers player in the team of the year. I love this tweet from... I'm still going to call it tweets. I don't care. <laughs> X, whatever. What are they called now, actually? Posts. Posts. Yeah. Uh, I love this from Dale Grace. He says, uh, Have to hand to Robbers. 
Winning the league every season is some achievement, considering all the best players in the country play elsewhere. <laughs> it's like a popular That is guy. like chef's kiss. Yeah. As as absolutely brilliant. And then and then Amo kind of followed in on that on that post and he goes, Yeah, Bradley won't get manager of the year. He just bought all the best players, they tell me. Oh oh wait. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, one player in the team of the year and uh Ryan Legrew pointed this out to me. I actually didn't cop this. We never won a player of the month all season. Well, all season. Mm. That has been a bit of a trend. I remember a couple of years ago, it went up to like. Bowls have won a lot actually. It went, yeah. Remember they won four or five in one season. Remember, remember Danny Mandroy didn't win it for ages. Um, between the stripes, <laughs> team of the year, Gar had uh, five Pats players <laughs> and zero. From, he knew what he was doing. Zero from Roberts. He knew what he was doing. <laughs> He got the, uh, the cover job, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Afalabi Keaton and Forrester nominated for Player of the Year. Uh, Gaffney should be in there. Grace should be in there. Uh, listen, we'll, I'm not going to go down that road. Club Media of the Year Award nominees Derry Shelbourne Pats and other shambles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, obviously, but everybody's going to say that because it's our own. Attendances rose 22% in the Premier Division. It was revealed. So brilliant stuff again. We're on the rise as usual. And yeah. of course, season tickets are going up as well. We just mentioned there, um, however, that's chosen. That media of the year award. I don't know how it's. I don't know how it's it's done, but we can just give our own shout out. It's it's the end of the year now. The work our media team all season did all season. It was at a brilliant. Whatever these like, I will be honest. I didn't follow Derry Shelburne and Pat's that closely. Our TikTok alone was better than all those yeah. three, but it was just it was next level all season. It was unbelievable. Well done to all the lads. Congratulations. Brilliant effort. And once again, we go again. We don't need the accolades, prof. No. Uh, the league trophy was doing the rounds. Recently paid a visit to Jacko McDonough and the walking football group at Roadstone. So it's been all over Dublin. It's been in Sligo. It's been at weddings and parties and Player of the Year awards. So uh, it's going and doing the rounds. Um, the Rovers Academy 2023 Roll of Honour. So the 19th League Cup double winners. Women's 19 League champions. Men's 17 Cup winners. And 15th Cup winners. So the Cup specialists at the Roadstone this year. With some very, very good football played. Uh, Rovers won the league in its core. Just like the senior team. A dramatic last minute winner by Carl Lennox. Just after the season ended. And the hoops were one point go- one point behind going into that final game. And what a way to win it for Tony Cousinside with a late winner. So a dramatic way to do yeah, it. Yeah, the celebrations were brilliant. Like, did, you, did you watch the video? Yeah, it was brilliant. And Robert Goggins got a cracking photograph of them celebrating the goal. They're all kind of doing Sliding. The, the knees slide. Yeah, towards the good dugout. And uh, I zoomed into a steward just standing there looking nonplussed <laughs> while they all slide in towards them. Um, yeah, like they ran towards the stand where all the, the fans and their, their families were and everything. So great moment. Congratulations to Keane Cordes, who was chosen as the men's 19th League of Ireland Academy Player of the Year of 2023. Some more Roadstone projects and academies coming through. And Naj Razi, Corey O'Sullivan and Freddie Torley all started the 19th European Championship game against Belgium. And Desmond Armstrong scored his fourth goal for Ireland against Serbia. So a great week for the Armstrong family and we're flying at the Roadstone prop. Some very, very good young prospects. Ireland under 16th. They won the victory shield after a 3-2 win against Wales and winning goal was scored by our SRFC Academy player, Mohamed Oladidi. Goodness Ogbonna's strike had been given had given Ireland a win over Scotland as well, so some great stuff there, bruv. 
Our 2010 group are in Finland for the Sami Hippie Academy Winter Tournament. Congratulations to our 2013 group on winning the Belfast Cup without conceding a single goal. Earlier this month, the four teams were in Portugal and they finished unbeaten in a group of seven teams behind Parma. Going out to LA Galaxy in the quarters 2-1, went on to lose to Juve. So, um, these underage tournaments are the biz. Eidemann and Sinclair are former players on the score sheet for Ireland in the 21s in Norway, but they succumbed to a 3-2 defeat. Sinclair netted the goal against Italy at Turner's Cross. Sinclair is a terrifying footballer. He's all pace, power, strength. That that kid is going to go on and, and be a, a proper footballer. Just on that, um, tournament in Portugal, the under-14s, so they had two wins, uh, and they were over Crystal Palace and a Dutch team called Football ambitions. Football, yeah, it's like a little. I know they had like a little yeah. academy, yeah. <clears throat> uh, Dan Fulham, Rovers are officially seeded in the Champions League next year after a result in Lavia went their way this morning. Preliminary round is scrapped, the meaning the likes of San Marino and Dora, North Macedonia and Gibraltar will be in our round. If Russia are still banned and someone wins the Champions League, they're already qualified in their league. Sweden, Poland, Romania, Hungary, Slovakia won't be in our round. There's a small outside chance we will be seeded in the second round as well, and if not, teams like Linfield could be our opposition. Mm hmm. Klaxvik from the Faroe Islands who reached the group stages are advertising for players what for the 2024 season is this serious yep they were, they were brilliant we're looking for centre back cent- we're looking for players we're looking for centre back centre midfielders <laughs> wingers and strikers what is that about that's mental ok so just, prof- just on Dan Gare um, are you aware that he has recently moved to my neck of the woods in Camage he is part of well debatable but um, yeah, yeah, that's just a, he called it Camage, but it's like it's very near Sundrive Road, but I would call it Crumlin. It's not Camage. It's not Camage. But the estate agent will tell you it's Camage. It's in the Camage border. The Camage border. Um, still, still waiting for the housewarming party, the Dan and Tara. Mm-hmm. But uh, welcome to the neighbourhood. And we also had uh, Ricky with a flashback to remember his remember uh, the whole incident in Bulgaria, and then his mom. Dan's mother saying I'm going to have to get him to follow balls yeah. so uh, Ricky just goes uh, yup Nolan yup Nolan um, yeah prop up next this one's a cracker left field totally left field and it's very relevant considering all the talk of jerseys and retro and all sorts so up next we have Bartley and Peter O'Toole talking about uh, retro jerseys and all sorts so we're joined now by Finn Harp historian Barty Ramsey and Peter O'Toole, an illustrator from Huddersfield. They've collaborated to create a new fanzine called League of Ireland and Illustrated History 1980 to 1990. This is a project which aims to document and illustrate the League of Ireland's football kits throughout the 1980s. So welcome to the podcast, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Karen. Barty, this is your third appearance on the pod. So Hattrick Ball on its way to you, sir. Thank you very much. I'm, I must start demanding an appearance fee now, Karen. <laughs> and it just, you just you just told me off air that uh, this is your first time meeting each other. I'm happy to have brought you together. Yeah, it's mostly been done over um, email uh, and um, through messages on X, the app formerly known as Twitter. So, uh, yeah, it seems strange to see Pete and then obviously to hear his voice. Yeah, especially with the English accent, I suppose. <laughs> I've done such a massive Irish project. Yeah, but uh, you're from good Irish stock from Galway, so we'll let you away with that one, Pete. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
So Bradley, you've got a big uh, Finn Harp shirt collection. Um, back in July, you tweeted about this. Uh, I think they were still calling it tweeting back then. Uh, there's a book idea you had. And Peter, this is something that you've wanted to do for a while as well, part of a wider long-term project. So who got in contact with who and how did all this begin? Well, for me personally, uh, yeah, this is part of a, a much bigger project. Initially, I'll just give you a little background on that. Initially, I kind of just wanted to illustrate um, football shirts from the 80s specifically because I always think the 70s are a bit too bland and plain. They're just like one colour generally. Most of them don't even have badges or kit suppliers or sponsors. Uh, the 90s is a bit mental, especially the early 90s. And I thought, well, if I want to finish it in in this lifetime, then I probably need it to be a bit simpler. So the 80s was like the perfect combination for me. Simple enough kits, nice enough sponsors, bit of detail. So my initial idea was to maybe just illustrate like the English League, Spanish League, French, Italian, things that are quite well documented. And as I was getting into the research of it, I just thought there's so many more kits out there and leagues that have kind of gone under the radar in the mainstream. And obviously with my Irish background, the League of Ireland was something that appealed to me. And I just didn't think that there was enough out there for me to research and kind of get the evidence to show that these kits actually existed. I think I was on Twitter one day and... I think there was a, a shirt fair in Dublin last year. Is that right, Bartley? Is this yeah, KitCon right it was, yeah. KitCon, yeah. And someone had posted a Limerick City shirt. Uh, I think it was Limerick City. It was. It was the um, the yellow shirt with one commute, computers on the front. There was one computers, and then there was yeah. the um, famous fried chicken shirt as well. And yeah. as, soon as, as soon as I saw that, I was like, right, I've got to have to make an effort. There's no, I can't not draw that shirt. So at the time, I didn't even know what team it was because I've been going to Ireland all my life. And yeah, we, we like I grew up playing Gaelic football in Huddersfield. So Gaelic football was always something that was prominent. Uh, every time I went to Ireland, I saw the Gaelic football, I saw the hurling, but I never saw anything to do with the League of Ireland. I think maybe even maybe just 15 years ago was the first time I saw a Galway United shirt in Elvery's. Um, in the 90s, I, I remember absolutely nothing to do with League of Ireland. And yeah, I don't, I didn't live there. I wasn't there like constantly, but I was there quite a lot. Um, so I just needed to find more information out about it. So I think I messaged the guy who put the photo up. Uh, I saw a few other people who were selling at the uh, KitCon and Basically, all of them said, get in touch with Bartley. <laughs> so, <laughs> out of the blue, I just messaged Bartley Hope. Like, normally, like, because I message a lot of people. Currently, I'm I'm doing Australia's league from 1980 to 1990 as well. And, and you're essentially messaging strangers. And a lot of them think you're time-wasting, probably, until you actually show them what you're doing. But most of the time, they don't even respond for you to be able to show them what you're doing. Um, but luckily, Bartley got back to me pretty quick. And... Yeah, he. Uh, the recommendation was good, put it that way. <laughs> Thanks, please. Um, yeah, it, it was Christmas 2022, and it was just before Christmas. And 
my motivation, and, and, and I was quite honest with Pete on this, is that I've always wanted a montage of Finn Harp's kits. But obviously, I don't have the, the creative genes to, to draw them myself and whatever else. So I thought it was a fair trade-off. I get Finn Harp's kits into the montage, and Pete would get the, the, the resources that he needed. Particularly, it was coming up, as I say, to Christmas, and I knew I had a couple of weeks off from work and whatever, and uh, I'd be able to work on the research as well. So countless hours of research and work went into this. It's a 24-page fanzine. So, Bradley, what did that involve? What did that research involve? Well, a lot of it, um, and as I say, in the fanzine, like um, at the time in, in, the, in the 80s, most pictures were in black and white because that was the medium that newspapers used and books used. And, you know, there were very, very few colour photographs. I think Bobby Best, at um, the late Bobby Best, actually, at Shamrock Rovers, was one of the first ones to start doing uh, colour pictures for League of Ireland clubs. Um, and and so I basically started trawling through the Irish uh, newspaper archives, looking for any pictures of different teams and kits and whatever. Now, luckily enough, I started going to the League of Ireland in 1970. And I would have remembered a lot of the strips. I would have remembered the colours, you know, maybe sometimes in in, in in cases, you know, what colour was the sponsor? Was it was a response from Pete as well? Because all I could get was black and white photographs. Um, so at that stage, I, I went out to a few other guys. Um, I know I contacted Robert Goggins from Shamrock Rovers at one stage and Declan Hughes from UCD just to make sure that the kits that I was talking about were yellow or they were red or, you know, they were unusual colours for those teams at the time. And um, that, that that literally was it. I think I spent most of Christmas on the Irish newspaper archives and sending Pete little uh, screenshots or whatever to, to, to do. And like, I, I don't know, Carl, if you've seen the book at the, the moment, but like w- what he's brought back to me, is, I think it's just wonderful. It's It's been an absolute privilege to see him bring it all back to life for me. Yeah, so Pete, talk about the back and forth then you had with Bartley and I suppose the challenges you had putting that onto onto paper. Yeah, like like Bartley said, um, it was something you kind of overlook, uh, but with images being black and white, it, I mean, I'm still finding it now with all the other leagues that I'm looking at, it's so hard to figure out what's what. Like you can assume, oh, that should be this colour or that should be that colour, but... A lot of the times when someone does actually send you a colour reference or you find a video on YouTube from a game from 1984 and you realise the colour that you thought was red was actually green, it's like them them colours are like so close to each other when they're in black and white. It's so hard. So my back and forth, basically, I'd already done a bit of research. I've got got quite a lot of books, uh, like European annuals and things like that. There's a specific one. It's around here somewhere, but it's from 1989. Um, and it's basically got all the European leagues and it's got like little team photos on each page of every league and it, it had some of Ireland. So I thought, once I got that book, I thought at least I can do like the 89-90 season. At least I've got one season I can say I've done. But even like looking at, like trying to read the sponsors when it's so small was so hard. At least they were most of them was in were in colour, so... You could kind of see, you know, right, certain teams playing certain colours, Shamrock Rovers playing green and white. 
you know, so you, you kind of get the gist. But reading the sponsors, I think the Shamrock Rover sponsor that was on the photo was uh, it was the milk one. Um, but oh, champion milk was it? Yeah, yeah but it that wasn't was the late eighties, like, wasn't it? Yeah, but it it wasn't like the the normal one that you see. It was like the the logo. It was almost like uh, on some strips it's on the actual sleeve, but on this one it was it was right in the middle. And I could read milk, but I couldn't read what it said <laughs> above it. So, like, I tried doing a bit of research. Basically, they them photos in that book gave me a bit of a a reference to then go out and try and find it. So I'm going through like I found the RT, RTE uh, archive quite quite handy there's some websites some stock photography web websites that had bits and bats um but once bartley got back in touch with me and he mentioned uh the irish newspaper archives something that personally i didn't even know existed um he said he had a membership anyway because obviously this is his thing he's uh he likes his history and it's good to go through these articles and and get it from the source really so but as soon as he kind of mentioned that something went off in my brain and i'm like i'm just going to get a monthly i'm just going to get a membership for a month and rinse it as well as bartley um just for my own curiosity really so uh i guess both bartley and i went from like started at 1980 or did you start at one end and i started the yeah other bartley? i and started at one end and you did the the 90 back and i did 80 up yeah, we kind of met in the middle. And then I think probably for our own satisfaction, we probably did. I probably went all the way back to 80 as well. Just well, because I, I went up to, to 90 as well because, I mean. Yeah, because I'm a tight <clears throat> Yorkshireman and I want to get the, the most bang for my buck. I'm not wasting a week's worth of uh, <laughs> money on a subscription if I can help it. But yeah, so and that were it basically. And then a lot of it as well, there were, there were a lot of uh, help from Facebook groups and and like gr groups that are specifically uh, for teams like Athlone Town, uh, they've got a really good group on there. And the League of Ireland Glory Days um, was really, really good for for colour photos, really, and kind of just asking questions about strips and things like that. Um, if you look through the media on, say, League of Ireland's Glory Days, it will take you a while to scroll through it all. But people put their own personal photos on there that they, they took with colour cameras back in the 80s. And, yeah, it might take a bit of working out and figuring out um, who they're playing. And, you know, I remember, I think it was Cork and they were playing Galway or something, but they'd only mentioned that it was Cork. And we had to figure out who were playing in the blue and white stripes. And it was, ended up being one of Galway's away kits. Um, but yeah, basically, then you you put in your pieces together, and I'm putting everything into folders. And then, like, once you go back to look at it, it starts becoming something that I can work from. Then, to me, the drawing is the easy bit. I can I can do the drawing, my eyes closed. I've been freelance for 13 years. It's all I've ever wanted to do. Drawing's not a problem, but I want it to be accurate and as accurate as possible, because. Yeah, it, it's it's important for it to look nice, but at the same time, I want it to be a historical document that people can reference in 30 years, 40 years. And I'm sure Bartley would want the same thing, being from his background as well. We don't just want it to be like a fancy thing that looks nice. I want it to be, you know, as accurate as possible. And if off the back of this, new shirts come up, I'm, I'll do a revised, division, uh, revised edition and just keep adding to it and, you know, 
eventually we'll get them all because we haven't got every kit. No, that's that's definitely true. And I mean, one of, one of the things that I found and it was very frustrating, Carl, was at the start of every season, you would find clubs wearing the kit from the previous season because their new kit hadn't arrived. And of course, <laughs> it was all like there was none of these, um, how would you, custom made kits. They were all generic kits. So you'd see bows in red and black stripes and then you'd look at another picture and you go, hang on a second. That looks a bit different from the last kit that I looked at. And we we would we were a bit of turn and fro on that one as well, Pete. Um, yeah, and you know what about as well? I'm I'm finding that now with with more leagues as well. Not just I'm not just talking about like League of Ireland. They do it in Australia as well, but even in like the Italian leagues, there's certain crossovers there as well. Obviously, the rules weren't as strict back then, but you'd never get away with that now. No, no, there's no way. Yeah, and I mean, like you would even find them I in mean, Galway were particularly prolific as well. They might wear three or four shirts and or three or four strips in a season. Um, and you're kind of going, right, we've got Galway nailed. And then the next thing I would turn up a picture or Pete would turn up a picture and we go, what year is that from? And we'd have to revise it and look at it again and go back to the, well, I went back to the archives. I don't think uh, Pete still had the archives at that stage. And it, it was all stuff like that, Car. But as <clears throat> Pete says, like, um, we very much wanted it not only to be a, a nice, pretty book, but also to have historical context and to be as accurate as we possibly could get it. You mentioned Shamrock Rovers a moment ago um, when they won the four in a row in the 1980s, which uh, they just equaled the course now, the, the current oh, yeah, thing. You had to get that in, didn't you? I had to get that in. <laughs> uh, but back then they wore the, the classic lifestyle jersey. I think a lot yeah. of fans, particularly Hoops, yeah. remember that one fondly. So which one stand out for you guys from the 80s as particularly good or particularly bad jerseys? Do you want to go first, well, Bartley? I'm trying to think, Pete. Um, I I don't know. I mean, um, I always think Drada had one, um, which was, I think, Union Sport and maybe Bray also wore them in the late 80s. Shelburne and, did as well, I think. Yeah, oh, yeah, you're quite right, actually. And I always thought the logo for Union Sport particularly on the Drada jersey, because it was um, obviously their claret and uh, blue colours. And this Union Sport logo, which had a bit of red and blue and white and everything, and I thought, oh, no, I don't like that. Um, that would have been one of them. For me, one of my personal favourites is um, a white Harps jersey that they used with Milford My Bread on the front in the middle 80s. Um, I always thought that was a very, very smart kit. Yeah, I, I like that. The, them Umbro ones from the 80s are just underrated. The simpler, the better for me. Uh, personally, for me, um, I mean, one of the reasons I know that League of Ireland existed was the Cork, eight, well, it's like 87 to 91, or is it 89 to 91 shirt, the Germany template one, um, the Guinness logo. That was like, a as a shirt collector as well, that was like a holy grail for me. So that's always going to be a favour, but I think that's too obvious to choose. What we did uncover, which I had no idea existed, uh, and it from maybe another three teams from that season, was that that template, that Germany 90 template, was used for Limerick, it was used for Athlone's away shirt, and it was used for a Galway shirt as well, with Tenants Lager uh, sponsor. So I'd probably say the Galway one. Um 
it's probably the only kit in the whole book that I'm 99.9% sure it's the right colours. There's no, well, nothing's come up of any colour evidence of it yet. But a lot of people would assume that the the stripes would be like maroon, blue, maroon. But having looked at thousands and thousands of black and white photos, I think that middle stripe on the black and white photos that we've got, which aren't the best quality, it's too dark to be maroon. So unless someone comes out with some evidence to prove <laughs> otherwise. I mean, I'd love it to be maroon, but I think it's darker than maroon. <clears throat> Just while I have you there, the Galway United Archive tweeted a picture of it last night, or extra, yeah, I, saw I don't know it, what yeah. you call it. You saw it, yeah. Yeah, um, but they <laughs> they had a maroon version, like a home ship. I've never seen any ph photographic evidence of that. No, 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 right. And I am on that group as well uh, on Facebook. And I have, to be fair, the, the guy who runs that has helped me. Um, he helps me with a project uh, one of the kit suppliers from Galway in 86 87 it was a local company and I just couldn't get a decent enough quality photo to see what it what it said and he hooked me up with a few really good photos of that logo um but there was a bit of discussion about it I think I might I might have even sent him them photos that he tweeted um because <laughs> they look exactly the same screenshots that I've got in my archive um but yeah, I think there were a bit. Of, it's again, it's speculation. Uh, I know a guy who works at the Galway Advertiser. I've known him for a few years, and I sent him a copy of the magazine. And he knows um, a few ex-players who played in that time as well. The one sadly died now. I can't remember his name, but he was a bit of a Galway legend. You'd know who he was if 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 I said his name, but unfortunately, I can't remember. But his widow. Um, I think he was going to have a word with his widow to see if she had it in the attic. So <laughs> there's hope yet, yeah, you know, there's, it might get uncovered. But these things, another thing that a lot of, well, people in England might not understand is that these strips weren't commercially available in Ireland for a long time, which is probably why I never saw them. Um, in England, kits have been commercially available probably since the early 80s. I think they started off being only in kid sizes before they realised they were missing a trick. And now every team has about five different strips a season off the back of that. But yeah, in Ireland, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, Barley, but I'm pretty sure you told me that. Like if you wanted no, a shirt, you had to be on the board and like order a few yeah, more when they ordered the team. Yeah, I remember um, one one of the earliest jerseys I have that's not match worn, it's it's a replica jersey, was an O'Neill's one made for Harps in 1991 and we reckon that was the first one commercially available and we told O'Neill's we didn't want the sponsorship on it but when the jersey actually came down to us that, that had ordered it it didn't even have the O'Neill's logo on it either so it, it was quite funny that they'd even taken off their own logo on it as well um, but that that in my memory is the earliest Harps one I think Bose and Shamrock Rovers may have had um, replica jerseys in the late 1980s but again you know I, I wouldn't be able to confirm that because neither of them were my club um, but certainly it was it was definitely the early to middle 90s before replica jerseys became a thing in Ireland um, A jersey just popped into my mind there now but it might not be the 1980s and partly you can tell me maybe it was in the late 70s but 
Have you seen the famous that lone town one with the big A in the front? Yeah, 70, middle 70s, I think, 75, 76. If you have, uh, and I, Pete, this is why I was saying to you, you know, I might have to research the 70s because there were some humdingers. Like, yeah, yes, I've seen I, that. I, don't, I mean, there's one, I don't even know if it's from the 60s, the Shamrock Rovers one, where it's just a massive shamrock on the front and it says Shamrock Rovers, like, around it. I think that were maybe early 70s, late that 60s. Was, yeah, that was... You're in Europe, the, I think. No, I think that was for the, the match where <laughs> Shamrock Rovers 11 took on Brazil in the early 70s. Oh, that's not um, what it was. It's such a good shirt, though. And it's, it's a cracking shirt again. But that Athlone one, it's just got A on just, the jersey. The jersey's there, and it's got a big A in the middle of it. And it's, as Carl <laughs> says, American. it's just fantastic. And, like, <laughs> you know, I've sent Pete on sort of the late 70s Harps jersey where we had a, a Harpers crest, and it was Tyler Shoes mm. with the, the thing. So, yeah, a lot of kits in the early 70s were very, very bland. But for some reason... In Ireland, we seem to have gone a little bit wacky towards the end of the, the 70s. Um, and in fact, that would be the Holy Grail, that Harps jersey that I'm talking about. I've never managed to get my hands on it. But my brother once played on a schoolboys team who used the jerseys as a hand-me-down. So I reckon they're long gone into the ether. But that I live in hope someday that somebody will go into his attic and find a bag and say, oh, I know the very man for these jerseys. Yes, that is the hope. The thing is, it could happen. It's not out of the, the realm of possibility that it could actually happen. It's just whoever finds it needs to know its worth and needs to not just throw it in a skip somewhere. Well, you know, pretty much with anything to do with Arabs these days, people will give me a call and say, look, do you want this? I have this. Um, I'm, I'm well known as the club historian and like I'm still researching stuff for the programme. Um, like, uh, Jesus, I started in 1995, so I don't know how many years that is. Carl, you, your maths might be better than mine, but, you know, it's something that I love um, doing is research and history and finding new things. And again, I suppose that's why Pete's little project appealed to me as well. I thought, you know, we can document this. We can actually leave something there. And I'm actually quite surprised at the success of it. Um, I thought we'd have a few diehards that, might buy a copy or whatever else. And judging by the reaction on social media, it's gone down very, very well. Yeah. I mean, I just tweeted you a photo that my uh, my friend sent from Argentina. My friend Yaz went to a shirt fair. I sent her one out because she's probably more into football than me, but that's Argentines for you. And um, yeah, she took it to a shirt fair and there was a guy at a stall and she showed him and he's like, oh, can I buy it? Like everyone wanted to buy it off her. And she's like, no, it's mine. So I'm going to send her a box anyway and she can distribute <laughs> it. Um, but he literally said, I've just sold an Irish shirt. And they chased down this guy. They tried finding the buyer and they found him. They showed him the book and he got the guy in the photo on Twitter is the guy who just bought that, um, that bus. Was it the bus shirt? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, he literally got it, got it out, and uh, there's a guy next to him, the guy who sold it in with the League of Ireland uh, book next to it, and it's just amazing. And then my friend Jun from Japan uh, in Tokyo, he sent me a photo of him in the stadium where Shamrock Rovers played in like 1975. They played the Japan national team or something like that. So there's links everywhere, you know, like 
I thought, oh, they might just enjoy it because it's football, it's football kits. But they found links to Irish football in Argentina and Japan. And I've sent these out to like Germany, Holland, Spain. They're everywhere. And I, like you say, I just love how people are into it. I, I thought, I too thought it was probably maybe a bit niche, but it seems to have gone down really well. I was just about to ask you about that photo piece. Yeah. But um, apparently, um, like there's been a book release as well at the same time, The History of the Football Shirt by Alex Ireland. I was online there a moment ago. There's books about Tottenham and Rangers shirts. Are you know, like Bowles are probably uh, released to uh, New Jersey just as I began the sentence. So are you noticing just, it's not just a nerdy hobby anymore. Jersey designs, retro designs, the origins of club shirts are they kind of starting to appeal to the masses these days. Yeah, it, it's funny because um, like, all my life I've collected programs. Whenever I've gone to a match, I've always got a program. Um, and that, that that would have been my main kind of collecting interest when I was younger. Um, now, I'm a little bit older than you two gentlemen, so it was before the, the days when replica jerseys were, were available or freely available. And um, I always wanted a jersey of my club, which is why when, you know, Harps made one commercially available, I got it. In fact, the first jersey I got was from a friend of mine who played for Finn Harps. And he said to me, he was playing for a reserve side one day, and he says, oh, there was two number nine jerseys. And he says, I'll get it for you. So that, that's exactly what he did. And uh, he he, um, th- he started it off for me. And then as time went on, I used to collect the rep- replicas and then kind of moved into the shirt collecting uh, match-worn jerseys in the early 2000s. But as you say, Carl, like, I used to be able to pick up a shirt, you know, for next to nothing on eBay or whatever else. And all of a sudden now, there's a huge explosion in prices as well. Um, it's not just, as you say, down to the ordinary man in the street. Like, it's it's everybody is starting to collect shirts. Um, and sadly, it seems to be at the detriment of the printed programme. Um, and I will die when the demise of the program comes around. Um, it's just, it's just the way it is. But no, look, you're you're dead right. I mean, it has become big, big business. And uh, I, I think Bose. I know um, Keith Murphy is a big Bose collector, and I think he put something up on Twitter the other day. And I think they had six jerseys last year. Now that did include, I think, two goalkeepers' jerseys, the women's jersey, men's first team. Was the, the the one for Palestine? And sorry, it escapes me now what the the sixth one was. But, was it the Aslan one? Oh yes, probably Aslan. Yes. Um. So like you know, there's there's big big money in it for clubs as well. Um. I just I just don't know if I'd fancy having to get six jerseys every season. Yeah, I, 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 I add to that. Yeah, it's um. You're right, Bartley. When I was younger as well, I used to collect the programs um, and the little pin badges. There's always be a guy outside uh, the stadium selling little pin badges. When I was a kid, that was my, my go-to thing. Um, as for collecting jerseys, I personally have always just kept the jerseys I've had. <laughs> I've got an Inter Milan third shirt from 1999 that I had when I was still at high school. I just never threw it away. And then after a while, I've accumulated 
quite a few jerseys and bought more in for playing five a side and things like that. And just never thrown them away. And then I've started buying to to get them because I like them. I've also I've started buying some to maybe just sell in the future as well. So, you know, you're always trying to find that Holland 88, that future classic. You know, yeah. no one in like 1988 knew how much that Holland shirt would be worth 30 years down the line. But I mean, some of them are going for six, 700 quid just for, just for that, depending on where it's made. Um, I, just, I think celebrities wearing shirts. I think Drake wearing that Juventus shirt a few years ago really bumped it up. You get like Kim Kardashian wearing shirts, Kendall Jenner's wearing shirts. A lot of the clubs are actually being inspired by some of their vintage shirts as well. And I think since social media and since being able to kind of tell a story online, I think people have kind of, teams and companies have realized that heritage is a big seller. Nostalgia is a big seller. I mean, this project in general, like for me, it's not really about, it wasn't really about making zines. I didn't even think about making zines. My, my whole thing was just to do one massive website where you could just scroll whatever country you wanted and any team that you wanted and there'd be something there and it was more it's for research purposes and for nostalgic purposes and you know like when people be looking through this book now and it's just it brings you back yeah i mean for me Obviously, I didn't grow up in the 80s going to League of Ireland games, but even certain templates, like certain brands like Umbro, just brings you back to, to when you were younger. And I think that's a big appeal uh, of the shirts going through the roof as well. Um, I, I don't know why it's just all of a sudden happened in the last few years, but yeah, I wish I'd got on it a bit earlier. I might have made a bit of money. <laughs> I wish I'd got on it a bit earlier as well. I, I yeah, you're in, real you're in prime position, you. Yeah, yeah. But it's funny, but jerseys weren't really my thing. And as I say, it was only through Harps that I started doing it. Um, and now, like, I've got something like, oh, 70 or 80 shirts between replica shirts and match-worn shirts. And um, I hate different variations of sponsors logos and stuff like that because then i have to go and get that and stuff like that and and car mentioned it earlier it is one of those projects that's in the back of my head i do want to do a book on finn harps jerseys now i put it out to another couple of guys who are shirt collectors as well that that do harps jerseys um and they would have you know shirts that i don't have and i think for completeness I would like to try and photograph their collection and and then bring the whole lot together. But uh, it may not be today or yesterday. Uh, Pete, you're a Huddersfield fan. Uh, you do a lot of work for the club. So I actually wanted to ask you about Neil Warnock because he's one of the great characters in the game. Uh, 42 years as manager, five decades, most promotions, most professional games. Uh, as a manager, um, he ended up he guided you to safety last season before resigning in September. Uh, how do you remember Neil Warnock? Yeah, well, to be honest, me and Neil, we go we go back further than that because my first ever season as a season card holder, I think was ninety four ninety five. I think it was the second season we were in the new stadium, which was called the McAlpine back then. He was our manager then, and he got us promoted. Anyway, flash forward 
30 odd years down the line to last season. Um, my kids, I've got two kids, two boys, eight and six, Dara and Tommy. And they, I was bringing them to their first game. I just designed um, a shirt that the, the team was wearing in uh, for charity. I think one game a year, every team's allowed to have a charity shirt. Arsenal have done it recently with a full white strip. It's kind of against like knife crime in London and stuff. Like hashtag no more red. Not every team kind of exercises the right to do it. And I think, to be honest, if you decide to put like a poppy on your shirt, I think that might also class as that slot taken. Um, but I got to do a charity shirt. And so the club got us down, you know, to do a bit of promo for it. Got my wife tickets, got my boys tickets. And it was their first ever game. And who was in charge? Neil Warnock. So you've got that full circle. My first ever football game, Neil Warnock's the manager. 30 years later, both my kids' first football game, Neil Warnock's the manager. And yeah, he kept us up. And to be honest, after about half of the season, I thought we were doomed. So the fact that we stayed up is, is just a miracle worker. It's a shame he couldn't stay longer, but we always knew it, it wasn't a permanent thing. And um He'll always be a legend in Huddersfield for the first time round, never mind the second time round. And I, I find him hilarious. I've, I know a few West Brom fans who don't like him because of the Battle of Bramall Lane back in the day when uh, they played Sheffield United and he basically told all his players to get sent off so the game got abandoned. You can watch that on YouTube if you don't know about it. It's pretty crazy. But yeah, for me personally, from Huddersfield, he's, he's a legend and he always will be. I love the way he, he'd always said, I don't want a minute of silence when I die. Uh, I like the full minute of chanting, Warnock is a wanker. <laughs> and he actually got his wish in the last game. He did. He's a character. I mean, even, you know, like he, I think he left us in 95. I think he left a few weeks after he got us promoted because he, he fell out with the chairman. So, I mean, I, I was a, I was a whippersnapper back then. So I didn't really pay much attention. I didn't, you know, I don't know what clubs he went to straight away after, but I do remember him like the older I get when he's he's on the sideline and like shouting at referees. There's highlight videos of him. There's that team talk. I think it's Sheffield United where you've got to fucking die to get three points. And it just cracks you up. And someone's done a compilation video of, of Pep and him next to each other. And it's like, like for like. So it's like when, when Pep Guardiola's in the, the Man City dressing room, like how professional he is. And then it's got a cut over to Neil Warnock. He's like, get yourself a cup of tea, lad. And then it's just like, like for like all the way through. And then right at the end, like Pep's playing golf and Neil Warnock's just sat there in rain fishing with his, with his fishing rod. And it's just <laughs> like, he's the most British manager of all time, bar probably Cluffer. He's, he's, He's hilarious. He's got a personality as well. I think, I think that's lacking sometimes nowadays with the younger managers. But he's seen everything, hasn't he? Like he was a player before he was um, a manager as well. And I think he his career ended pretty early, from what I remember. So he's been managing like what mid seventies or something like that. It's quite a long time. <laughs> he's still going. He don't want to retire yet. Uh, Bartley, meanwhile, if in Harps, your man, your last season, uh, another Englishman, Dave Rogers. Uh, he resigned the same month as Warnock with Harps situated second from bottom with only eight points. Did a lot of talking, 
social media came with a lot of promise, but did he turn out to be a bit of a spoover? Um, he had to work under some severe constraints there. So, you know, the picture, the, the story is not cut and dried. Um, we didn't have any money. He went with a brief to bring in the lads from the academy. Possibly they weren't good enough. Um, I thought when he went out in the summer, uh, we signed about seven or eight really experienced guys from, you know, around the Irish League, the lower reaches, or sorry, not the lower reaches, more like non-league football in England and stuff like that. And I thought that would make a difference, and it didn't. So self-promotion is one of Dave Rogers' great traits. And also he, you know, brought that to Harps and maybe had us believing for the stars, but no, I don't think he did. He didn't back it up. Um, I'm quite impressed with Darren Murphy. Much, much quieter. Uh, sorry, Pete, you probably don't know this, but Darren Murphy has gone in as our uh, manager now. Um, he's a much quieter character. Um tends to leave the talking to the, the guys on the pitch, which which I always think is a much better idea. Um, so hopefully this season now we can we, we, we can rise out of the ashes, as they say. I think you've been published before, Bartley, uh, the Finn Harp story in 2008, and you said earlier you'd fancy doing uh, a book about Finn Harp's jerseys. As for you, Pete, what are you working on at the moment? Uh for the future, people might be interested in. Uh, imminently, I'm just doing a job for Hitachi, but it's not exactly. Um, it's a bit boring, to be honest. Not all my work <laughs> is glitz and glamour. A lot of the stuff you don't see because it's it's not really. It's more commercial things, stuff like that. I'm uh, always trying to collaborate with people, do interesting projects. It's kind of like why why this project came about as well. It's because day-to-day -day I'm doing everyone else's ideas, drawing everyone else's ideas up, and, and you need you still need your outlet. Even though I'm doing the dream job, I'm getting paid to draw stuff and design stuff all day. I'm designing other people's stuff. So there always needs to be like a bit of a creative outlet, which is... You know, I've always got bits and bats on that I want to do, but then I'd find myself getting to, you've been busy for eight weeks solid, not had a day off, and then all of a sudden you've got a few jobs that are just kind of, you know, wait, you're waiting to get hear back from them, and you've got a few days where you've got time to actually work on something you want to work on. And then I'd be twiddling my thumbs. I couldn't figure out, oh, I've got all these ideas, but I, I didn't even put pen to paper, so... Coming up with this idea about the football kits, it's kind of great because I don't even see an end site for it. I'm estimating 10 years and it might be 20. <laughs> Who knows? But yeah, it's kind of... And then this 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 zine just kind of came off the back of it. It, it wasn't really planned. It were Bartley and myself, we just wanted to get the history down and kind of share it online, which we did on, on some of the Facebook groups. Um, and then... Just thought, someone said, why don't you do a book or something? I'm like, well, it'd be too many to put in a book, like all the different leagues. It'd, it'd, be, it'd fill a whole bookshelf. But we could do like little zines like this. You know, it, it's not like a massive document. But if you, you know, if you did a few bits, and like you say, about the like collecting programs, these people who like collecting shirts, 
if you do more than one of these, people start collecting them. So that's, that's, that's my theory. <laughs> yeah, you're really heading to the collectors and the 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 guys that can't yeah. do without things, you know. Exactly. Um, I'm one of them myself. Incidentally, Carl, uh, I am actually currently working on a book which we're hoping is going to be published in the next, well, next year. It was supposed to be out this Christmas, but one thing and another, it uh, it didn't happen that way. Uh, myself and another guy, Joe Doherty, have collaborated on a book. We have um, every player who's played a senior game for Finn Harps, um, their stats, you know, their career stats for Harps, and little biog of them and the photograph. I think, I think we've limited ourselves to the top fifty appearance holders for photographs. Um, but what form it's going to take and when it's going to come out, it's a good question. Well, I look forward to that, Bartley. And uh, best luck to you both uh, with this book. I've already copied myself. Looking forward to checking it out. Uh, where can people buy it? Um, the link is in my bio on Twitter and Instagram, I think. It's quite a long link, but it should be walbury.com. Is it walbury.com or .co.uk? Oh, walbury.co.uk. I can't remember now. It'll be walbury.co.uk. Um, and it'll be, if you just put League of Ireland in the search bar, that's W-A-L-L-B-E-R-R-Y.co.uk. Oh, and on that note as well, I was talking to, we get it, I get it printed like uh, locally so I can check it, check it out. Basically, a few of my friends run a printing place about 10 minutes away from my house. So it's been really handy, actually, like with the printing, I can, you know, we can do proofs. There's There's been a few different uh, versions of it. I think one of the versions that I sent to Bartley, I think it had a whole season missing. It did. About send it to print an 8687 weren't even in there. And I'm like, glad I sent it to you. And I spelt his name wrong on the first draft. And there were loads of stuff. So it's been good that I've, I've had the printers right next to us uh, to be able to go through it. And I was talking to him today. I said I would go in on this podcast. And he said... Because if anyone in Ireland wants to order it uh, and they want it to get there before Christmas, he said the the final posting day in the UK for Royal Mail is the 13th of December. So if anyone wants it for Christmas or any Christmas presents, get it ordered before then or it probably won't get there in time for Christmas. Don't say I never do anything for you. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Get your orders in uh, in time for Christmas. Right, Thanks, guys. Uh, Pleasure talking to you. I really enjoyed it. You too, Carl. Thanks a million. Cheers. So that was the lads, and they have some knowledge. Like between the two of them, I love the way they met in the middle, and then they went back and not not overdid each other's work, but they kind of scrolled through it anyway. Yeah. Um, it just shows you there's such a market for retro jerseys. A huge market for it. Like the one I want most is the one they spoke about with the big shamrock on the front. The one the League of Ireland played against Brazil. Yeah, I've seen that one so many times. That is that is a cracker. And the one I mentioned, everyone's familiar with the lifestyle from the from the four in a row side. That is just the iconic robber shirt. It's the nicest one out there. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, it was funny when I brought the, the two of them up, came up on Zoom like before we started recording, and just and Barty and and P were just like, "Oh, it's just nice to finally meet nice you." Nice to meet and you. And I'm like, "Wait, what? We brought the book together." So <laughs> like, was. I'm happy to bring us together, lads. Um, yeah, P, do you know why sometimes you bring on guests and I find just them, they might check out a show to see what we're about, uh, see what they're getting themselves into. 
Uh, Pete went one step further. He listened to the entire Tipsy's Hotline, the overseas one. So he listened to all those stories and he quite enjoyed it. Ah, good stuff. And he, he, he pinpointed Craig Sibbes. And do you remember? And his exact words were, I love how it got really dark all of a sudden. He was like, first thing he was like yeah, didn't think I'd be here driving the bus. <laughs> didn't see him I'd... looking out the window. <laughs> didn't think that's what I'd be doing, but I love it. That's, that's what he, uh, that's what you know, that's what he mm-hmm. took from him most of all. And it was and brilliant. It really it really opens up a discussion as well. Now it's going forward with the club and if there's a market for new revenue streams with retro jerseys and stuff like that. So it's definitely a brilliant interview and I, mm. I loved it. Yeah, no, check out the fanzine I've ordered it. Because uh, if you were in the pub and you brought up this topic, you'd get an hour of old jerseys, classic ones, which ones? Mm. Like I think my socks, not the ones I have on now, the Jorge Campos, remember that? Jersey, oh, yeah. the real bright one with all the different pinks and blacks. Didn't he like make them himself? I think possibly, yeah, yeah, possibly. Um, also, we have Bartley. He is feuding with his own club. Didn't know that. Bartley Ramsey is feuding with Finn Harps. Now he. What's going on? This is not. He's people are aware of this is public. Uh, he wrote an article on their website uh, because he has found evidence of Harps playing games. As early as 1953. You know the way the Finn Harps 54 crew. Harps. It's always been founded in 1954. Why is he having beef with them if it's, if it's official? Well that's just it. So. It's a bit like ourselves. And that. You know clubs like Dundalk and Atlone and stuff. They have the meeting. They have the minutes. They have the. And this is when this club was found on this date. Yeah. Whereas Rovers and Harps don't have that. On record. So. Rovers is we we his record of us playing games as early as eighteen ninety nine, but maybe we played earlier. We actually don't know. Yeah, but the earliest part you can find on the archive, the newspaper archive is fifty three, but it's you can't dispute it. But the club refused to change the crest. They refused to change anything, and they're about to have their seventieth anniversary this year. Seventy first. It's the 71st, Gareth. <laughs> this is an absolute lie. Pay no heed to this 70th anniversary special, Gareth. It's it's a lie in a shambles. God. Just, like, you can't, you can't fuck with paperwork. Like. <laughs> um, now, prof incredible support for the club with 3,000 season tickets sold before December. And congratulations to Nate Jameson. Yes, his name is not Aussie. It is Aussie Nate. He won a Jack Bourne I said that was the jersey. That was the reaction to a lot of people. It's like, huh. People were like, oh. Huh. Nate has a second he name. Has a second name. Yeah. So congrats to Nate. Uh, info, these are some, Prof's going to love this. So here's uh, Gary P with the season ticket stats. 40% increase in season ticket sales as at end of November 2022 versus 2023. So that's a massive jump. 10% of sales are first time buyers. That's, that's one I love. Close to 10% of sales available at the North Stand offer. So up to 12 or under 12s go in an adult purchase. So you could be looking at, let's say there's three, 300 season tickets sold. You could have four or 500 people in the North, in the North Stand because they're bringing a kid and they've got the extra kid thing on. Well, I presume now that the South Stand, you're about to mention that now, second, the South Stand has actually sold out as of today, isn't it? Done. So now that that's sold out, I presume we're going to see sales for the North Stand. Uh, you heard Paul talk about it earlier, it's going to be a family section. So I'm fascinated to see those figures now for the North. Yep. 
Absolutely. 20% available of our new stage payment facility, which is excellent considering it can be quite pricey at times, but it's worth it when you think about it. If you have a family to buy for, you've three season tickets on your own one, it can be pricey. So the staged payment is brilliant. South Stand is officially sold out and 10% of ticket buyers are from outside Dublin. I love that. Absolutely yeah, yeah. love that. It's so relevant. Um a few plugs before we go, Prof. Special offer for new season ticket holders in the new North Stand 2024. Under 12s go free with adult and child package. This is brilliant. It's it's your your kids coming to free for talent to yeah. for free. So was like you get <clears throat> six free games if you're an adult mm-hmm. and so was it 12 if you're uh, a kid. Yeah. So unbelievable. Yeah. We also have uh, the four in a row champions again book that came out Wednesday two days ago as you're listening to this. So 10 euro perfect stock and filler uh, four in a row champions book um, I did a bit myself in this I did the stats as I as I always do and Gary I was really in my element here right because I, I've made the stats if you if you collect these sort of end of seasons book over the years I've made them a bit different I've had stats comparing like when we went unbeaten I, I was showing where does that stand in history uh, the following year I had a lot of stats on most league appearances, goal by Rovers players, all time and Premier Division, a lot of that. This time, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to compare the two four in a rows. So I have like left and right, 80s current side, best streaks, like uh, played one, drew, lost, scored, conceded. But my favorite part, the club's head to head record. Four in a rows. So you see the second page. And you've got the one draw and lost every club, and it makes for fascinating. Yeah, really. that's some of stuff that you're just yeah. engrossed in. You know, you're just looking at it yeah. going, "Wow." Uh, yeah, some interesting, surprising stuff. Uh, the most away wins in Brazzers four in a row. Pats most away we've, wins. We've had some five. success. Yeah, five away wins, and it was a bit of kind of tied in with the eighties as well because we won all four visits to Pats. In the 80s I heard as well. This. You thought you said this recently. Um, and there was a bit of synchronicity as well. The team that we put the most goals past, both teams, Sligo. Sligo. So I quite enjoyed these little stats. So yeah, kudos as always to Robert, Robert Goggins for editing this together, Good providing uh, a lot of the content. But again, big shout out to Ryan McDyer because he's the one who's compiled all these match reports from the season. Huge amount of work. Uh, McDara Farris contributor as well so yeah big big thanks to all three 104 pages well worth your tenor excellent stuff tenor my god considering you get a programme for a fiver like tenor is brilliant value our family stand of course will be a family friendly match day north stand so 260 two people 18 games uh, unbelievable Saturday the 2nd of December will be the home jersey launch so the new jersey will be out prof get on down mm-hmm. Spend your shillings on it and come down to the Pride of Rings end. Christmas party on Saturday 2 till 6 and then shenanigans and karaoke and music all sorts happening. Jump on the C1 prof, get yourself down to the Irish Town House and boogie on down with the Pride of Rings end. It's always go crack. Why are our buses now called C1 and S4 and S2 and stuff like that? I know, my dad was telling me that we used to have a 55 just down, just across the road. The times there are changing. Before I was born, the I like times. these. I like these fifty fours and fifty fives. You know what I mean? Just uh, last point, I forgot to say this on the 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 four in a row book. 
I heard a number of people say this uh, at the game and after the game and stuff that the last game of both four in a rows were against Sligo at home. Oh, that is was. that is not true. That is a myth. The last game at Milltown. That was a myth, I'm afraid. Yeah, the last game in 1987 in the league was away to home farm, 3-1 win at Talca Park. Home farm. Robbie Horgan and John Toll made their senior debuts in what was basically a reserve team. Now the last home league game was Sligo, and the la- obviously everyone ever never knows the last game at Milltown was Sligo in the cup semi-final replay, and um. Yeah, just also I also have a sort of a where's Waldo kind of challenge for you. Can you find a picture of me in that book? Now I'm well disguised. I'm kind of in the background. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm in the background. It's tricky. I'm up but I'm this. in there. I'm, I, I'm putting it. the challenge out there. Can you find me in the foreign row book? I'll be impressed with someone's other. <laughs> where's Prof? Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, excellent stuff, Prof. But we have yeah. some uh, from some friends of the show. Tune into TG Kiahar on Tuesday nights to watch our friend of the show once again, Stevie Jones. Summers. Um, <laughs> new series, Northern Lights. It's three episodes, but you can catch up now with the six on the TG Kiahar player. Um, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's actually the only. Mm. Normally, I'm not a fan of the starts of shows. I'll fast forward them. I'll never watch it. If I like it, I'll watch it. But this one is a... Really? I, I can't... I never watch it. I can't fast forward things. I, ca- I can't... It's the same thing over and over. I'll just if, get, I, if I trust the writer, I presume it's relevant. Skip intro. Skip the intro? Skip intro, yeah. Something I'm talking about. So you, do you even know why... I'll Steve watch it John's once. character and the woman are even talking? I'll, no, the intro, the start of the show. Like the song and the... Oh, the song. Yeah, okay, gotcha. but I never, I didn't with this one because it's a good song and it's nice. It's a nice start of show. You yeah. know what I mean? No, actually, I'm, <clears> I'm the opposite. I never skip even song intros. It kind of gets me in the mood for <laughs> a the show. For, a little bit of foreplay. Yeah. <laughs> now, if I'm binge watching five in a row, I probably won't play all five times. But no, I, I, I like theme songs of, of shows. Um, I've, I'll be honest. I've only seen the first episode f- so far of Northern Lights. But I uh, I loved it. Um, I know we're three in now, but Shannon won't let me watch it without a girl, and uh, she's been in New York. You can't. You do. No. It's trouble. Oh yeah. Do not watch a program that you're <laughs> watching with your missus without her. It's not worth the hassle. Yeah. Two 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 shoutouts for Shannon now, girl. She'd be delighted. Uh, <laughs> so I'll have my review of those uh, on the next show. Oh, that's brilliant. Uh, really Northern is. Lights and girl. We also have. Pico shirts. Pico shirts. Now, it's actually, the deadline is gone, but orders going in as you listen to this. If you do want one and you're listening right now, DM us, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, X. We'll we'll be able to add one on because we're cut. The, the lines are cut. It's done. We've sold what we need to do. Uh, workshop. We're going to put on a workshop, hopefully, for kids and teach them how to make banners and big shout out to a couple of people who've been helping us out. Um but the Pico short, it's designed. So what we're gonna do is anyone in the South Stand Collective, all the creative minds that are in there, mm. the juices that are flowing, everyone's gonna have a turn making a T-shirt, and then we'll have a different initiative to put the money towards or any money that's made on it. Mm. So this week it's David King, or this time around it's Kinger. And so nothing to do with Noel King. No, nothing to do with him. I was wondering. Let's who, clear that up. I was wondering who Kinger was. Dave came out of nowhere. Dave came and said he he felt fell back in love with Rovers with his son and through the podcast as well so <clears throat> um, he came out in left field 
and just start making graphics like lashing them into the group I'm like who is this fella the stuff was unbelievable <laughs> so just struck up a good friendship and now the Pico T yeah. was born so if you do want one and you're listening to this now let us know but after today it's done we gotta get the order in get them in for Christmas and sort out collections and stuff like that mm. so uh, Pico absolutely delighted gonna bring a couple over to the AFCON with him there's been the demand in Cape Verde <laughs> yeah. for it as well so we're very very happy with uh, mm. any of the Southland Collective keep an eye out we're a couple of charity initiatives coming up as well So nice timing mm-hmm. by the way when you announced it exactly 7 years to the day that we signed total them total fluke seriously total fluke that was a fluke absolute fluke I was just ran with it I was praising you there no well okay well we meant it <laughs> no didn't mean it at all it was total fluke so we ran with it um, yeah so that is it Prof we're, cu- we're caught up um Will we have a Christmas we one? Actually, Are we having a Christmas party? Yeah, we're, we have a special show planned for uh, the week before Christmas. Uh, we're going to record it maybe mid-December and then put it out kind of the last week before Christmas. And then we'll have a, maybe a normal show as well uh, where we'll tee that one up. Or maybe, yeah, before that one. Yeah. So you should get a couple of episodes in December. And uh, yeah, don't forget Civic Theatre, Tifty's live podcast. So... If you go to civictheater.ie and you click on what's on and you scroll down to January, we're there on January 13th. Or just Google tells them the East End Civic Theater is the first result. Absolutely, yeah. Or just look at our Twitter. We have a pinned or X. We have a pinned on there. We've just put, lashed it out on social media. So definitely uh, check out the live podcast January 13th uh, me and Gar are uh, really really excited about it yeah absolutely first time for everything so um, yeah so that is it for this week we hope to see you. oh what else we have we have a little Christmas present for you as well we know when you're you're in your tour tub of celebrations and you don't know what day it is over Christmas mm-hmm. you've, and you've eaten all the Twixes you've and eaten the Maltesers and, you're and there's only like a bounty left a bounty and everything so we have a little present for you so match in a minute documentaries it's coming out near Christmas. It's the four in a row special. This is what we've been working on for the last while. A couple of us were mic'd up and followed around and did interviews with Prof. I'm looking forward to it. I've no idea what it's going to look like. But it's great that someone actually went to the trouble of documenting this. So big shout out to Ali McKenzie who won, won Alamanis' gloves by the way. And uh, we're looking forward to it. So watch out for it at Christmas time. So that is it Prof. You are spoiled. Spoiled. So that is it for this season. And we'll see you at Christmas. So happy Christmas and... Keep on hooping. See ya. Can you teach me how to dance real slow? Well, I know that you're in love with him Cause I saw you dancing in the gym You both kicked off your shoes day that I die. This'll be the day that I die.